At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining us right here on off the script this is your aew dynamite post show for december 27th 2023 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you live on your wednesday nights joined by my very good friend and co-host on wednesdays the shot town smark jesse what's going on man what else going on, bro? How you feel, man? I'm good, man. I'm enjoying this Florida weather uh, in the December months, man. I love it. 70 degrees today. 70 degrees, man. Yeah, man. What? Yeah. I how, 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 cold is, how cold is where you are, man? Like 10, 20? No, we got 37. It was like 40, 45 today. Oh, man, that global, that global warming kicking in, huh? I'll take that. For you, you take it for sure. What's the normal temperature? Right about now? I mean, at least in the single digits. Jesus. At least. But I'll take this one, man. This is spring for us. We're happy. Lesson learned, folks. Don't live in Chicago. Don't, Dad. Don't, not if you're looking forward to good weather. You don't. Man, no. Listen, man. Where I am, AEW was tonight. And Orlando brought it. Great show tonight. And I know a lot of people were, I don't want to say upset with some of the creative decisions with Tony Khan tonight and what decisions Tony Khan made. I would say disappointed is a better, I would say a better feeling than just bad. Some people were just outright on social media saying they were bad creative decisions. I'm disappointed in some of the creative decisions that he made tonight personally from what I thought was a very good show. As always, Jesse, I'll leave the floor up to you, man. What do you want to start off with first here? What was your biggest takeaway from this go-home show for World's End on Saturday night? The biggest takeaway from the whole show for me was the last, you know, few minutes of the show with Joe and MJF. But let's circle back to that. I don't... I'm trying to wrap my head around why people are disappointed with the tournament. Now I'll start with this one before we get in, before we get into it. You, you know, March madness and you know, the, the world series and the NFL playoffs, everyone has their favorites. All right. But only one can win. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when all this shit comes back on again, everybody rewatches every year just to see if their favorites win. Here's the point. Whoever won this tournament, whoever got to the finals, whoever whoever it was going to be, 
there's going to be a light, a nice little large group of people who weren't happy because everybody can't win. Everybody has a, has a legitimate gripe and a legitimate issue with why they should win. But at the end of the day, Everybody can't win. All right, let me let me let, let me let me start with this. I don't want to cut you off, but let me start with this. There was one narrative on social media tonight, uh, and a lot of people were like, "Oh, oh, the Continental Classic didn't build any new main event stars for AEW." That, that's obviously false. I don't know where that narrative came from. It didn't build any new stars. Eddie Kingston has already come out of this shining, like we said last week. Roosh has come out of this tournament shining. Um, Jay Lethal has come out of this tournament with something interesting to look forward to as it pertains to his character. I can go on and on. But at the end of the day, we had people in there that nobody expected to win. They didn't. We had odds on favorites to win. They didn't. We're somewhere in the middle and people are still unhappy. I don't know what to fucking say here. I don't know what to fucking say here because Moxley winning is not the end of the world. I mean, he was one of the favorites. Yes. Like I said before, and for the last couple of weeks, Swerve does not have to win this tournament. No. Swerve's ticket is punched, yes. bro. He is protected. He is next in line. He is the next top star of this company. He's fine. So 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 every so everybody's everybody's disappointment, right? I'm not listen. I was slightly disappointed because I think we had, I, I think we had this feeling coming in that Swerve or Jay White probably would have been a better final than John Moxley, and I think the people are disappointed, uh, Jesse, because John Moxley is a favorite and a handpicked guy by Tony Khan and a handpicked guy that Tony loves is in the finals of this tournament. I think that is what is upsetting people the most here over the, the fan favorite right now, which, you know, from the stages of this tournament in its early stages, Swerve was the guy that people wanted to really rally behind and see him win the tournament. But, you know, e even with the hand-picked choice of John Moxley being in the finals, I, I said this last week, and I think you and I had discussed this. This tournament right now, it is honestly beneath Swerve after what we saw with him and MJF last week. So if people are upset about Swerve not winning the tournament, like you said, he's a made man and he's got a title match punched with MJF if MJF retains the championship on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. As, I mean, I'm all I'm all on board this, this Swerve hype train. And I'm sitting here saying he didn't need to win this. If he would have won, fine. Fine, great. You know, there's no 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 issues there. He didn't win. Don't give a shit. He looked great in the tournament. He was protected coming out of the tournament. I'm fine. Yes. Swerve will get his moment. Swerve yeah. will be absolutely fine. Uh, I, when I, I saw, I'm uh, like, what? I, I, I don't. Again, I don't want. I I just I, I'm like kind of kind of antsy tonight with with the, with this tournament. Yeah. And another thing that people are upset about is. Like like we discussed, Swerve is a made man. He's got his ticket punch, world championship. Obviously, you sh you've seen and I've seen how great he was in this tournament. He was a made man in this tournament. Uh, another thing that people are upset with is the fact that Swerve didn't win the championship. Tony Khan went with John Moxley, and, and instead of giving Swerve the tournament, we are getting Swerve in a feud with Keith Lee that they abandoned for what five months now. I, I think the trade off there 
is is a little fucking silly, to be quite honest with you. I, I mean, that's just haphazard booking that we don't really understand why Tony Khan is now going back to that all these months later when he didn't really give a shit about finishing the story over the summer. Well, the only thing that's weird about it is, is the, the route they took to get here. I mean, but people complain that they never even finished the story with Keith Lee. So he's going to finish the story with Keith Lee. Well, the messed up part about that is, I mean, it was kind of like a weird way to build to it. I mean, you kind of abandoned it a long time ago, didn't just made it a match at the pay-per-view. Yeah, that's not That's not the way to do it. And that's my only thing about it. It seems to me, as I look at it, as Swerve didn't win the tournament. We're going to give him a little something to do as we reset this whole uh, tournament thing, reset feuds and this uh, devil situation, and we'll come back to it. And we'll get to Swerve and where he needs to be position-wise in the company. Um, but I think this match is just to get him on the pay-per-view because he deserves to be in the pay-per-view and he hasn't had time to build anything because he's been busy in the tournament. So that's how I looked at it. And that's why Keith Lee was dropping the little Easter eggs about getting to him and everything else. Um, maybe Keith Lee could have did a better job at building towards this match on his own because Swerve was busy in the tournament. Maybe, but that's, you know, hindsight's 50, 50, uh, uh, you know, uh, 2020, but at, at the same time, it's not the, it's not the worst thing on the planet. We wanted to see, what would you guys rather have? Would you rather not see Swerve at the pay-per-view? We want to see Swerve at the pay-per-view. He's in a match that means something, you know, it, it does have a backstory to it, although it's way back. You know, it's kind of stale. It could have used a couple of refreshers. But at the end of the day, I want to see Swerve at the pay-per-view and not just in a random match and some kind of match with some kind of meaning to it. And that's exactly what we got. You know, it wasn't refreshed. It was kind of went about in a roundabout way. But Swerve's on the pay-per-view. I can't complain. Yeah, that's that's the safe way to look at it. Yeah. The safe way to, the safe way to look at it is what you described. Yes, I, I mean, it, it's common logic that you know, if you ask somebody that question, do I want Swerve on the pay-per-view or not on the pay-per-view? I think uh, 10 out of 10 are going to answer, yeah, I want Swerve on the pay-per-view because he deserves to be on the pay-per-view and he's one of AEW's biggest stars right now. But the feeling is, and this is coming from, you know, two life uh, five years we've been with AEW. We've been covering every show, every show since the beginning uh, of, their, of their start. You know, I look at it a different way, though I agree with Jesse because it's common sense. The way that I look at it is, you know, they dropped the ball on Swerve coming out of this tournament, and he should be in a bigger profile match. And quite honestly, I feel like Tony Khan actually used Swerve in this case to build and flesh out the rest of the pay-per-view card because he didn't really have anything else, and he felt like, well, if Swerve wins the tournament, then what am I going to do with John Moxley John Moxley wins the tournament. We could easily slide him into a final with Eddie Kingston. We'll leave Brian off the card. He doesn't really need to be at the card because he's bulletproof. And, and then Swerve, well, we could just slot him in there with Keith Lee. We'll wrap that storyline up. So if Swerve won the championship, Eddie Kingston, and, you know, who knows if he would have won the match. It might have been Brian if they went with uh, Swerve to win his, his league. But, you know, you, you risk not having John Moxley and Eddie Kingston on the show in New York. I, I think Tony Khan used Swerve in this case to flesh out the rest of the card, and I, that don't really sit well with me. It, I, can, I, can, I can see that. But, again, it, I mean, it's going to come down to only two people can be in the final. Only one can win. 
what do you do with everyone else that was in the tournament? I mean, for the most part, they're not even on the... Where's Roosh? Is Roosh on the pay-per-view? Roosh is not on the pay-per-view. Mark Briscoe's not on the pay-per-view. They had tremendous... Even though they were losers in the tournament, they had tre- a tremendous tournament. Would you rather have them, you know... Uh, would you have Swerve sitting in the same boat as those guys? Andrade's on, Andrade was in the tournament. He's on the pay-per-view. I mean, look, man. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he, he has something going on with Miro. I mean, so it's... It's not like these guys are just thrown on the pay-per-view with like a random, you know, uh, uh, open challenge or local jobber. They're in actual feuds. They just didn't get the proper build because we had a lot of the time invested into the tournament, a tournament that had no interruptions, no, you know, no interference, nobody at ringside. So it was kind of hard to build to a pay-per-view if you didn't have that. Now, like I said, hindsight's twenty twenty. What I could have done, or probably would have done, is probably had Keith Lee show up on Dynamite and confront Swerve backstage, since there is no interference at ringside. Well, we were Just, we were supposed to get him, and he didn't show up for some reason. I don't know why. Well, maybe, there you go. You know, maybe did real life happen? I mean, was he supposed to be there tonight? Legit? I don't know. I don't. I don't know, man. But I, again. They got him on the pay-per-view. They got him on the card in a match with someone with some kind of history in it. Same for Andrade. You know, this tournament was great. The tournament was fantastic, but there is downsides to doing a tournament like this, and that is building towards your next pay-per-view. Yes. And and that's the one drawback. It's kind of hard to build towards the pay-per-view if you can't have ringside interference and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, again, you know, he's going to have to change the rules next year. Um, you know, I, I like the fact that there was no interference, and I like the fact that we got clean outcomes. But in a triple threat match where there's no DQ, it's like, come on, man. You can't slot Keith Lee in that spot to really sell heat in the match. Because right now he's got no fucking heat. There's no heat in the match. It's kind of risky. You promised everyone no interference. I yes. get there's no DQ in a triple threat. But... Promised everyone no interference. Don't back out out of it now. Just to, if he would have done, if he would have did that, just think about how many people would have just cried about that. You said there was no interference. Uh, yes. Now there is. We, yes. I mean, come on, you know. Tony Khan would have been. Uh, he would have been uh, nailed to the fucking cross on that one. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> there was no way. There was no way of coming out of that. Come out of that while live without you know pissing people off. So I get it. Your favorite didn't win. I would have had this guy win. I would have had this guy. Jay White should have won. You know, Swerve should have won. Brian should have won. Everybody should have won. But the guys we got can easily be in that spot, and it makes sense. This is Eddie Kingston's redemption moment, man. It is. This is it. I mean, this is the comeback we were all talking about at the beginning of the tournament. Yes. And now he's out there facing his best fucking friend. Listen, and you you said it perfectly, Jesse, and that was a perfect segue to what I was going to get into this uh, now, after this discussion, you know, there is a there is a trade off here. You know, obviously we get John Moxley, who a lot of people are, you know, I don't want to say sick of, but it's a little predictable that he's he's in these high profile matches all the time because he's one of Tony Khan's most trusted uh, guys backstage. And, and I get that. But the trade off is we Call got being a main event. I know. I know. I'm not complaining about it. My point is people are disappointed by it. There isn't really that much to be disappointed in because, like Jesse said, your favorites, you know, are, are going to come into this win or lose. It is a round-robin tournament. You know, your, your favorite can't win all the time. The odds-on favorite, the fan favorite's not going to win all the time. 
and John Moxley's in there with Eddie Kingston, who he himself has a story with. Eddie Kingston's story was probably the best story in the entire tournament because yes. of, of his championships being fused into one, and he lost the first two matches in this tournament. And he won every match following that because if he lost one more match after losing the first two, he was mathematically eliminated from the tournament. So he, he is basically a babyface fucking triumphant return to the tournament to form. And he's now yes. in the finals with John Moxley, who he is very good friends with. And they've had, you know, you know, t uh, tight end or, or, or whatever. They have to tie up loose ends in that storyline. So yeah. and it's in New York. And Eddie Kingston's from fucking Yonkers. It's like, what, what do you want? The story is there in New York, on Long Island, for these two guys to finish their story, and Eddie Kingston to fucking be the AEW Continental Champion. So there is trade-offs there. So, you know, you get that match, but at, on, the, on the flip side, Jesse, Jay White's not on the tournament. Brian Danielson's not on, on, on or not on the pay-per-view. Brian Danielson's not on the pay-per-view. Swerve didn't win the tournament. So, I mean, there is, there is trade-offs there. It depends on which road you want to take there. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, so... We were skeptical of the tournament, you know. I say we, I mean as a community. Yeah. And then we were um we we were analytical about it, saying there's no storylines, and then we progressed and that that came about. We got more of that. Then the person didn't win that we wanted to win. And now people are not in the pay-per-view. And I'm starting to feel bad for the guy because he just can't make people happy, man. I mean, but at the end of the day, the tournament was a success. And that's the important thing. And picking your winners is not, is not a tell of how good or bad the tournament was. Because like I said, only one person can win. The only way you can fail in a tournament is if it was not interesting and nobody gave a shit. That would be a fail. Yeah. And that is not the case. If you're sitting here frustrated and upset because your favorite guy didn't win, great. Then you were interested in the tournament. Welcome to being a fan. All right, I'm a Vikings fan. How do you think I feel at the end of every goddamn football season, okay? My team didn't win. Oh, well, we'll do it again next year. All right? I mean, it happens, guys, but was the tournament interesting? If you tell me no, you're full of shit because you wouldn't care if your favorite wrestler uh, won or lost if you didn't care about the tournament. Here's a, here's a fun fact for you. Hula Grimm in the chat just uh, threw a nice little statistic out there at us. If Eddie Kingston wins the tournament, he will have beaten all of the Blackpool Combat Club in the tournament. That's awesome, man. You know? That, I mean, that's, and, a, that's and a story that, in itself that would right be there. An awesome, that would be an awesome segue to get him into the Blackpool Combat Club yeah. as well. You got to believe with us to join us. You know what I'm saying? Let's get to Billy's bond, man. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a $100 super chat by my guy, Billy Sizane. JD and Jesse, happy new year. AEW needs to nail this storyline with the devil. It's Adam Cole, world's end. Do we see surprises? You guys are the best. Yeah, he says. Billy, thank you so much. Happy new year, brother. Thank you for all of the support throughout 2023. We will be even better in 24, man. Um, Jesse and I, uh, you know, we're standing our ground, man, uh, Billy. Adam Cole's the devil. There's no better yeah. choice than Adam Cole's the devil, honestly. Yeah, clear, clearly, I'm, I'm more convinced now than ever it's, it's Adam Cole. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Eddie Kingston in the final with John Moxley. That is uh, the AEW Continental Classic final. I'm looking forward to it. You know, you, you can be disappointed that Swerve didn't win it. He's got things coming up. 
Brian Danielson's bulletproof. He's going to have a tremendous year. He says he's going to wind down next year. We'll see what happens to him. He's going to fucking go out there, balls to the wall. You know he's going to kill it next year. So he's probably going to put on some of the best matches we've ever seen out of him, and he's already did that, you know, done that here in 23. So, you know, expect more of the same from Brian Danielson uh, next year. This entire, this entire tournament, I'll say it again. I said this on Collision. You know, nobody really gives a shit about Collision. I covered it anyway, and I had a great opening to the Collision review. I'll say it again for all the people in the back that didn't hear me. This was the best piece of business, the best concept that AEW has done all year. I don't want to hear about how there was no stories. I don't want to hear about, oh, it didn't drive new viewership or this and that. and didn't drive ratings. Shut the fuck up about the ratings. I don't give a shit how many people new or old or this or that enjoyed the tournament. You know who enjoyed the tournament? Jesse enjoyed the tournament. I enjoyed the tournament. The people, the 2,000 plus in this chat enjoyed the tournament. It was the best concept that Tony Khan has created in all five years of AEW. Every single show from Dynamite to Collision and wherever else they did matches, Jesse, the shows felt important. The shows had meaning and that's all we ask for. Now, there is one reservation to this. This whole devil storyline, I feel like, has jumped the shark. I think that we, that we need a reveal on Saturday, on Saturday night. I don't know where they go as far as storylines go. We got Copeland and Christian. We got the devil and MJF, possibly Swerve, getting into the world championship title picture. You know, AEW doesn't really have the trust of the fan base right now for the long-term vision of storylines so I think a lot of people are really hesitant on where they go after this tournament concludes with storylines on TV. That's the only drawback here. How do you feel about AEW going into 20, 2024 after this tournament's now over? I feel like it's a fantastic fresh start, to be honest with you. It, we, he, so, so we come out of the tournament, and we build up everyone in it. And at the end of it, I mean, this is a nice little, this is a nice little position for um, Eddie to win. Yeah, the tournament. It would make sense for Eddie to win the tournament. I don't see why Eddie would not win the tournament. And if that happens, then you get a lot of productive things coming going on via the tournament. Uh, number one being Eddie Kingston being elevated a couple of notches from where he was into um, pretty much a man of the people. Look at the reaction that this guy got tonight versus Brian Danielson. Man, I mean. Eddie was already over with the fans, but in a position like this, in a, in a match with stakes and a guy like Brian, and they're still mostly chanting for him. Yeah, that's a good spot to be in. So I don't, I don't see why they would go into next week and have Mox not put him over. So um, I do like Eddie to win at this point. Now that we're here, now the reset comes from a lot of different unknowns for us because we don't know what's going on with Adam Cole. We don't know what's going on with Max's injury. You know, we, we didn't really get a full-scale match tonight. You know, once again, they got out of putting Max in a full-scale match. They're trying to really save him for the pay-per-view. So as far as the reset goes, we got so many moving parts. Where are the Bucks? Where's Hangman? You know, what are they going to do? Like I said last week, it's important that they do something big with the winner of this tournament so he doesn't fall to the wayside. It's important that the winner of this tournament is put on a pedestal going forward so that People would want to join next year's tournament. It can be a talking point. You can have qualifying matches. It can be, like you said, it could be the king of the ring type deal for AEW going forward. But you have to do something with the winner, whoever it is. Um, if they're going to go with a full reset for 2024, and that's what it looks like, to be honest with you, 
Uh, I can't. I'm all. I'm all for it. I can't wait to see what it looks like. Yeah, that's the that's the one thing I'm worried about is Eddie Kingston. I know, I know Eddie Kingston is going to be a, a defending champion, a fighting champion. He'll probably take that belt everywhere and anywhere to defend it. Is he going to be a, a huge focus on dynamite and a huge focus on collision? Because that's the that's the the one thing I'm going to be looking at. I mean, I don't care if he takes it over there, over here to New Japan, across the fucking globe. I don't, I don't care where he takes it. What happens here on these two shows is what's most important. And, and is he going to be slotted in that position to make that title feel prestigious? I don't know. You know, and Tony Khan doesn't really have the best track record with championships. So that is something that a lot of us are concerned with. And Jesse and I have already discussed this, that we, these titles need to be differentiated from each other. And this title should realistically be slotted right under MJF as far as importance goes. And all these championships really need to just have, you know, their standout moment. What are these titles? What are they for? So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's one of our concerns going into 2024 for sure. And we got another $100 super chat. Holy shit. My God, Jason Barker with a $100 super chat. This fucking guy, man. Because, hey, y'all, Barker Bomb here, and I would like to say I've been watching this tournament every step of the way, and great storylines involved are overwhelming. Thank you, J.D. and Jesse, for fitting this review in. I would not miss this review at all, brother. And, Jesse, we just got another, we just got another one, man. Holy shit. Very nice. Angel Alaga. With a $150 super chat. This super bomb is a thank you to you, JD. I just lost my father this past Sunday, and he was the reason I got into wrestling. The year, then years later, I lost my passion for wrestling, but it got, I got it back thanks to your streams. You are so knowledgeable, honest, and funny. Jesse as well. Angel. Thank you so much, brother. I don't really know what to say when I get messages like that, but Jesse and I are absolutely over the moon that you join us every single week and your passion's back thanks to what we do, man. That that means the world to me. That means more than any super chat that you guys are going to send in tonight. Thank you so much, Angel. Angel's also a supporter on, on my channel as well. So is, so is Jason. Thank you guys so much. You guys are the best, man. Thank you so very much. Uh, this is more than likely the last... TV weekly stream. Jesse and I will be live on Sunday. If he is available for World's End, I will be at the Nassau Coliseum with uh, Andrew Baydala, my guy on Tuesday oh, nights. Yeah, well, I'm not going to be back in time for Saturday. Not doing the review on Saturday. You're not doing the review on Saturday? No, I'll be at the show. Oh, that's right. Okay. All yeah. right, cool. Sounds so if you're good. available on Sunday, I mean, we'll do it then. Yeah. Look at that, man. We get to sleep after a pay-per-view. Holy shit. Um, no, no, I might go live. No. <laughs> we won't be no, end, we won't be live. ending the stream at four a.m. Yeah, we'll see. All right, man. Um, we're gonna get into the rest of the show. We're gonna go over the matches. Two tremendous semifinal matches or finals in the blue and gold league. However, you want to describe it. We're gonna go over what happened in those matches. We're gonna go over the Samoa Joe doing business with the devil here, and MJF is no longer the Ring of Honor. Tag team champions. He let Adam Cole down. We will talk about that as well. And we will go over the Adam Copeland and Christian fiasco on tonight's show. Nice little heat building between those two for that TNT title. 
No disqualifications in the Nassau Coliseum. I think they're going to tear it down. And the ladies were in action tonight. Sky Blue continues to impress. She wrestled Chris Statlander, Julia Hart, Abaddon got involved. So looks to be some focus on some of the youth in the women's division. And we will get into all that tonight. Jesse and I on this AEW Dynamite post-show right here on OTS. Make sure you guys follow us on social media, at JD from NY206 on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. You guys can follow Jesse on Twitter as well, at ChitownSmark. And please click his link at the top of the description. Go and subscribe to his YouTube channel. Jesse's got some pretty big changes coming up in 2024 that I got, uh, you know, privy to. You know, in a phone call with him that I had uh, a couple of days ago, he's got some exciting plans. Jesse, you want to tell everybody what the heck is going on over there? Yeah, man. So uh, um, we're getting ready to change the structure up. We're going to do a lot more consistent content. We're going to cover more shows. Uh, I'm not going to reveal too much on it because I don't want to lock myself into it before we uh, get it up and running. But like I said, me and JD talked about it. We talked about scheduling and things like that because... Like I said, when I originally started this, I am not here to stream simultaneously. We share the same fans, so we don't want to stream at the same time. I know I don't because this guy will take all of the damn views. So, But <laughs> join me, man. We're going to restructure the whole layout. We're going to cover different shows. We're going to restructure with TNA as they debut because um, I'm going to make 2024 a bigger, bigger year for me and my channel. And oh my God, Billy's back again. We got another $100 super chat. You guys are absolutely fucking going crazy tonight, man. Billy Sizane with another $100 super chat as Red Skies is playing. Oh yeah, wow. just wanted to say, Angel, you have support from the OTS family. I believe we see the Elite vs. Undisputed Era 2024 prayers for Angel. Love you guys. Billy is a absolute fucking beast, man. My goodness. Like Christmas money, man. That, that's what I'm talking about. Bro. Billy, you are unbelievable, brother. Thank you so much. And Angel, we love you, man. Thank you again. You guys are really making this stream special, man. I'm in Orlando this week till Friday morning. And I'm glad I made time for this stream tonight, man. I was uh, very hesitant about doing any work while I was down here, but you guys are making it all worthwhile. Uh, so Jesse's got some great shit going on, so make sure you guys tune into what he's doing. Please subscribe to his YouTube channel. Also, I want you guys to click the link in the live stream chat. Please click the link at the top of the live stream chat. Drew and I will be going live next Tuesday for a very special episode of Tuesday Night Titans. We have 16 categories in which you guys voted on. And it's going to be the year-end awards, man. The first ever TNT Awards for 2023. And we've already had over 13,000 votes combined through all 16 categories. You guys are killing it over there. So make sure you guys go vote and get your voices heard. Drew and I will have some great discussion next week, man. What happened? Vote where? How did you get the vote? Click the link. Where? It's in pinned in the chat, clown. Man, I want to vote. There it is. <laughs> I'm going to vote. Now you vote All while right. I finish my spiel here. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. We have 498 likes. I'd love to see 
close to a thousand we got over 2100 people in here right now so make sure you guys hit that thumbs up there you go man it just reached over 500 can we get another 500 tonight man and also please go check out all the other content on the channel we're winding down in 2023 and you know man i'm gonna hit it hard in 2024 as we start the new year that first monday night raw man on january 1 is gonna start everything off day one day one not only for wwe but for ots as well so make sure you guys go check out all the contents on the homepage. there's plenty of it for you and super chats are open like the rest of my guys here man get them on in we will hang out at the end of the show so tonight we started off with the continental classic we had a great start to dynamite it was jay white Swerve Strickland and John Moxley triple threat match for the blue or the gold league rather the gold league finals. I've been calling it the semifinals because this is realistically the semifinals before we get to the finals on Saturday night. And John Moxley beats Swerve and Jay White in the gold league finals. All three of these guys were tied with 12 points at the end of the round robin matches. And this match was awesome. Three-way. Nobody really wanted a three-way. They wanted a one-on-one. -on -one, but I don't think anybody complained that we got this match after it was all over. Excellent stuff from all three of these guys. And we will pick it up after the picture-in-picture -picture commercial break. So right before the break, Jay White tried to pull Swerve out to the floor. He got caught and had his fingers stomped on before Moxley was sent outside onto Jay White. This led to Swerve connecting on a huge crossbody off the top rope, took both guys out, and all three guys were laying on the outside as we go into the commercial break. Moxley flew in after the commercial with a tope on Strickland. Back inside, Big Lariat punches and biting at the head led to a stalling pile driver. So we go from that to Anvil Elbows by Moxley into a key lock which Swerve escaped to, into the corner with. He went up top, but dove right into a paradigm shift, and Moxley goes for recovery, gets a two-count. Moxley cleared off the ringside announce table, or the uh, timekeeper's area, and White appeared with a chair to the back of Moxley. There's no DQ here, so no rules, anything goes. So White cracked Moxley in the back with the steel chair. He also went after that bad leg that he sold last week, as well after his match with Jay White. Back inside, Strickland got a huge pinfall attempt, close attempt, and we got a striking battle between Jay White and Swerve. Swerve kicked out the leg, connected on the house call, which led to a power bomb and then a power slam. Top rope 450 splash, connected by Swerve. Moxley flew in, broke up the two counts, and we go into the final commercial break during this opening match. So we come back, and all three guys are throwing bombs in the ring, going back and forth with shots to the face. Jay White laid out Strickland with a half and half. Moxley applied a rear naked choke on Jay White. Swerve flew in with a house call to break it up. Moxley took him out with a King Kong lariat, only for Jay White to turn that into a Blade Runner. So he got, he got a two-count off that cover. Jay White again went for the chair, Laid out both guys, and then he wedged the chair into the corner. So Strickland turned the table. He sent Jay White into the chair, crashing into the corner. 
Swerve nearly stole the win on John Moxley after he tried to hook the tights the same way that Moxley won a few weeks ago. So I did like that callback, but Moxley kicked out. Two big boots, Discus Lariat took out Moxley. He fought off the JML driver, but Swerve went to the top. He hit the Swerve stomp. Jay White sent him crashing to the floor. Moxley nearly then uh, took out Jay White's head with a Lariat, hit the Death Rider, and he was clear to get the victory there on Jay White. One, two, three. John Moxley pins Jay White to win this Gold League final, and he's going to World's End in the AEW Continental Classic final to, to wrestle the winner of Eddie Kingston and Brian Danielson. One thing that I don't think people are looking at, Jesse, is that John Moxley did not pin Swerve Strickland here. He pinned Jay White. Now, you could look at that look at that as a bad thing because I think a lot of people want Jay White to be kind of upped the card, you know, but I honestly think with the work he's put in, I, I think Tony Khan is, is going to have a big year in store for Jay White. But I think a lot of people are overshadowing that. Swerve did not take the loss here. Even though he lost the match, he didn't take the pinfall. So I think people, at the end of the day, though they may be disappointed, I think they might be, they might be hyping themselves up to be Ang- more angry than they should be. There's no reason to be angry. And even if you, even if that fact slipped by you, Swerve made it a point to mention it in his backstage interview, which was very, very important. Yes. Telling. So I'm glad that that was mentioned. First thing he says, I didn't lose this match. I didn't get pinned. There you go. And so that's something that that's a callback later on. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago too. That, that's a callback for when whoever wins this tournament, was Swerve to come back and say, hey, congratulations, glad you won. But you know what? I didn't get pinned in that triple threat, so I want to be first in line for my title shot. You know, that's an easy way in to get Swerve right back on top. But maybe you don't, because maybe you don't want to, you know, dethrone the champion that quickly, and you don't want Swerve to lose. But whenever it does happen, you can always bring that right back up. Now, at this part of, at this stage of the tournament, man, look, your favorite is going to lose, okay? Someone has to lose, man. They didn't, they didn't lose in the first round. They didn't lose in the second round. But now we're in the semis and we're getting to the end. You guys got to come off that this person lost so it's all over, all right? Jay White lost, yes. Jay White took the pin, yes. But my God, man, Jay White's had a phenomenal year. He made it this far into the tournament. And he got pinned by John Moxley. It's okay, people. Remember when he was buried, Jesse? Yeah, he was buried. Oh my God, <laughs> Jay White's buried. He's going nowhere. Oh, he's, they he's buried. Jay White. Guys, that's the thing about tournaments, man. You have to lose at some point. Only one is going to get through it and win. All right, and even that winner is probably, you know probably not going to be undefeated. So I mean, relax, guys. The tournament was a success. Yes, Jay White got pinned. Swerve didn't. Okay, that stuff will all come around. Swerve will be fine. Jay White will be fine. Jay White walked around carrying that damn title for seemingly more than MJF did over the last few months. I mean, so they have plans for Jay White. That guy's not going to be buried. Okay. Mox is a top guy. I don't know why people are complaining or unhappy that he's still on top. I mean, fucking Roman Reigns has been on top for over a decade. Okay. It's been that long. No one's complaining. These, this dude has been on top for a <laughs> shit. Roman has been at the top of that damn card since what, 2015? I mean, the only years that matter are the last three years. That pretty much, yes. The, the ones that were good, yes. But for all intents and purposes, WWE had him pegged as the top guy since about 2015, 2016, man. 
So, and that's a long fucking time. So, I can tell you right now, spoiler, Roman Reigns is not winning Wrestler of the Year in the TNT Awards next Tuesday. No, <laughs> no. I, although, where's, I don't see Orange Cassidy on this list. What the hell? Who? What the hell? No Orange? That's messed up. The Wrestler man. of the Year, man. He's in the AEW Men's Wrestler of the Year category. Wrestler of the Year. Orange Cassidy? Hey, man. The guy had this... He, look, I don't think he should be there, but the way he was booked and treated. I had, someone and tell, like, I, I had someone tell me they didn't vote because Rhea Ripley wasn't in that category. I'm like, well, shit out of luck, bro. I'm not even close. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. No, she didn't. She didn't put on any banger matches, nothing like that. Man. Yeah, but, but, Orange, but well, Charlotte I mean, Flair, she did. That's why I bring up Orange. Orange has some banger matches in there. Before Orange Cassidy's a fantastic pro wrestler, but he's not wrestler of the year. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so. And is this a kayfabe voting list or or... Or Bro, not. this is a list curated by me. All right. All right. You don't like it? Tough shit. Tough shit, I guess. How to add Shawn Michaels as Booker of the Year. How can, how, how can you not have Shawn Michaels Booker of the Year? I'm like, well, is he going to win? Is no, he gonna he's not going to win. What the fuck are you talking about? Because he's not Booker of the Year. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, you know, you know who I did put on the list uh, and not Shawn? I put Scott Demore on the list. I saw Scott Demore on here. For all intents and purposes, this list should have had just two people and one just going to win. I don't understand this. I, I put all, I put Scott the more there for Jesse. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I voted for Triple H though. He would have been in my DM. How come? How come you don't have Scott the more? Sorry, two. bro. He's not going to. He's mean, not going to win it. He's not going to win. I hope he gets more than Shawn Michaels though. Let me know how many votes he gets. Uh, I will. I will let you know. Uh, speaking of Swerve, let's go. Back. Oh, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Speaking of what? As a matter of fact, I'm going to change mine to Scott the more. Make sure he gets one. Of course you are. Of course you are. Uh, Swerve. Speaking of Swerve, Jesse was talking about Swerve. Everything's going to be fine with Swerve. Nobody should worry about Swerve. Uh, Tony Schiavone's backstage with Swerve and Prince Nana, who is frustrated by the loss. He says he wanted this so badly as the Continental Classic was breathing life back into the wrestling business. I think that's a little far-fetched to say that, but, uh, you know, we'll let Swerve have his moment there. You know, CM Punk, CM Punk sold. Uh, listen, like, it, it, it might it might have injected life back back into AEW, but the wrestling business? I don't know about the business. Well, 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 well no. Let me let me. I mean, inject you for a second. If you break it down, it it injected life into pro wrestling. Okay, because the tournament was about pro wrestling, not yes. about story. So, I mean, and if you if you break that down and really look at it, there's not too many straight up pro wrestling matches that people are looking forward to these days. Most of them are like feuds that you're invested in and great storylines that you're invested in but just straight up nothing else matters but work rate i think this did do a little bit of something for for just in-ring work rate this year oh, of course it did yeah I, that i agree with but uh but yeah it, it definitely business? It, no, no. no not the whole business but life back into aew absolutely i think uh this has been the best concept that uh, they've had so far in five years so swerve yeah. brings up keith lee wanting to pay him a visit tonight and said he's not busy on Saturday, so let's get this uh, let's get this situated. Shivani said Lee is there tonight. By the way, we didn't see him. I don't know where he was. I don't know if real life, like Jesse brought up earlier, real life got in the way. I don't know what happened. Maybe plans changed, a script rewrite or two. I don't know. So yeah. he was there, um, and he did not show up. But in case he missed Swerve, there was a contract for him for a match at World's End. Nana was furious that this this didn't get his approval. And it was made anyway. And Swerve calmed him down saying that they'll see if Lee shows up on Saturday. 
So right after this segment, the match graphic was shown. So I guess, I guess the match was official, even though Swerve never signed the contract. Um, also, like I said, Shivani did say Lee was there tonight, but, um, you know, we didn't see him. He didn't hand the contract to Swerve himself. He didn't interfere in the match. I don't know what happened. Maybe we get news on that during the week as we get into World's End, but we're getting the match. It doesn't really have any heat at all because they took so much time away from it, but... You know, I would say World's End, Jesse. The title of the pay-per-view kind of is kind of poetic here for this match because finally this comes to an end. You know, Keith Lee's world is going to come to an end. The swerve moves on to grander things. So I guess for the name of this pay-per-view, you know, the timing, the timing of it, it kind of makes sense in that regard. But, you know, there is no heat, and I hope that they have a great match. I'm sure they'll have a great match, but it's more for Keith Lee than it is for Swerve. We know Swerve is already over, but... This is going to be a big deal for Keith Lee. Is he going to get himself to the next level? Is he going to show management something and what he's truly made of going into this match with Swerve? You know, it could be a big test for him. Who knows? Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like this this match um, can be productive in a sense of it can help us determine what we're doing with Swerve going forward as far as him being a heel or a babyface because um, I feel like I feel like that Keith could have showed up tonight and just kind of just clock swerve from behind during this interview yeah, and just could have set the tone right there. Cause people are already cheering for swerve. So we need to get off this swerve is a supposedly heel stuff, you know, um, but we need to put a, put a, you know, put a, put a period on the end of it. And I think Keith Lee turning full heel will help get swerve over as a clear and, you know, definitive baby face here. And that also give the match a little bit more meaning as far as, you know, Keith Lee being a dick and Swerve being like the now the, the baby face as he comes up. Or maybe that's not what they want to do with Swerve going forward in the 2024. Maybe they want to keep him healed. Not sure. But that would be an interesting dynamic right there to see um, what they're going to do as far as the heel baby face dynamic between Swerve and Keith at the pay-per-view. Yeah, uh, the way you make it sound, it's not gonna it's not going to be good for Keith Lee on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, don't look good at all for Keith Lee. Anyway, uh, I'm sure it'll be a great match, but, I mean, at this rate, at this juncture, I don't really give a shit about it. It's more about uh, where we see Swerve going into 24 and Keith Lee. Hopefully he's got a spot uh, doing something decent going into 24, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Mariah May, Renee Paquette interviewed Mariah May on the ramp. Mariah May has not debuted with the company in ring yet. She said she attacked Riho as a way of showing support for the greatest star of our time, Tony Storm. She said everyone has waited so patiently for her debut. She said 2023 didn't have the energy, so her debut will be next Wednesday on Dynamite. So she's finally getting a debut match with AEW. Riho then all of a sudden charged out confronting Mariah May. Tony Storm ran down with the AW Women's title, took a swing with the title at Riho. Riho ducked. Tony Storm goes into the rope. She set up for a 619-did Riho. Luther pulled Storm out of the ring to avoid it. Then Riho leapt onto both Storm and Luther at ringside, and Riho stood in the ring with the title, holding the title up high. And that is your women's championship match at the pay-per-view. Uh, the amount of fucks that Jesse and I give for this match on Saturday is a whopping zero. Absolute zero. Zero. Absolute zero. Rio Re- is only there to get uh, a loss to put Tony over, and that's basically it. I mean, this is uh, exhibit A 
on what's wrong with the women's division. It it almost seems to me as we get, you know, into the later on into the death spot when the women come out and everything else, that I hate to say it, man, because the last time I said it, it, it started to ring true. But if it looks like the women are falling back into the divas era, man. I don't want to go that far. Nothing is as bad as that. But uh, here's one for you. There yet. Here's one for you. You know, never in my wildest imaginations would I be telling you live on the air that I'm actually looking forward to an Abaddon match more than a Tony Storm match. That that is the brightest spot of the women right now. It's amazing. The, the, the whole situation with with Julia Abaddon and 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 Sky Blue. That is the brightest spot in the women's the entire in the entire company in AEW right now. Um, it's not that bright, but don't get me wrong. It's interesting. I do like it. I would like a little bit more clarity on what's going on with sky blue. Um, no one really talked about it, explained anything. A good promo might help with this. We'll see. Um, I don't expect Abaddon to win. Um, but I do hope they keep portraying her in a, in a, in a, and a positive light going forward after she does lose this, because I I I think this is the top the, the last man, the last match I saw Abaddon work. I'm on board. I'm on board. Um, she sharpened her gimmick and she sharpened her in ring work. I'm on board with seeing more of Abaddon in this fashion. Which which match and, which match was that? Was that the Saturday match with Thunder Rosa? No 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 no. It was before that. What was the match? Um, what was the match before that that she had? I don't remember. It was a one on one. It was a one on one match. I don't remember. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. But I, I but I remember watching it. Let me look up. Let me look up Tony Khan's favorite website, man. We'll go to cagematch.net. I got it listed as my favorites on uh, on there my iPad. Let me see. Hold on. We'll type in Abaddon, yeah. and we'll get the yeah, answer after, to that. After watching her week after week on Dark and everything else and and elevations and things like that, I mean. Yeah, I was kind of bored out of my mind, but I do pay attention, and I paid attention to her in ring work, and it was just. I don't want to say sloppy. It was, it, it needed sharpening. And then she was off TV for a while. I know she had an injury, but then she was off for a while. You can tell she was working in the ring, man, because when she came back and I saw that match she did, highly impressed. Love it. Absolutely love it. Now, which, ma- which match are you talking about? She wrestled Kiara Hogan. She beat her in three minutes. And then she wrestled Jasmine Allure and beat her in one minute. And then after that, it was... Abaddon and Thunder Rosa versus Julia Hart and Sky Blue. It had Maybe to be that one. Tag team match then. It had to be that one. I mean, that's that's the that's the uh, the benefit of having Thunder Rosa back. I mean, yeah, everybody's work yeah, is it, elevated at that point. Well, she had she had ring rust herself. She needed to get back into into the swing of things. Yeah, she looked herself. great though on Saturday. I mean, she didn't really do a, a lot, but she looked great. Yeah, yeah, she's a seasoned veteran, man. Yeah. You know, she's gonna you know get back into it and be right back in the flow of things. Yeah, but I was highly impressed with Abaddon's in ring work. You know, so I said it about Julia Hart a while ago. You know, some people just kind of just looked at me side-eyed and everything else, and I said she was getting better, and now here she is. I read somewhere that she was voted, uh, what was it, Time Magazine Female Wrestler of the Year or something like that? Julia something Hart? Like Julia Hart was, yeah. She got some very fantastic uh, um, accolade from, from some publication. I have no idea. Oh, I mean, I, it might have been a breakout star of the year, but re- re- female wrestler of the year? I don't know about that, yeah, man. Maybe it was a breakout most improved, yeah. something yeah, like absolutely. that. Yeah, absolutely. 
But nonetheless, I mean, it, it, I, I saw it. It was well-deserved, man. I mean, the, the, the woman has worked her ass off and it shows. We can tell, for the people who sit here and watch this shit week in and week out, we can tell who's phoning it in. Yes. And we can tell who's worked their ass. Absolutely. Off the and we are not afraid to call that shit out either. Julia Hart has improved by leaps and bounds. And speaking of leaps and bounds, Sky Blue has impressed significantly over the last two to three months, man. The whole changing gimmick is working beautifully for her. And yes. she's just, she works a physical style. She's legit when she gets in there. She's showing signs of improvement every single time. I mean, we're not yeah. afraid to call that shit out, man. Whether you are male or female, we do not discriminate here at all. And those two yeah, ladies have I mean, fucking so killed it. And you see that the company is clearly getting behind both of them because of the amount of TV time that they've gotten weekly on both shows. Yes. You know, sometimes this is to our detriment. You know, when this company launched and they put all this stock into Britt Baker. Yeah. And the community completely called her out for being green as grass and just not the one and everything else. We were right here saying the same thing. But as everyone cast her off as like, you know, not being good, I'm sitting there watching her week in and week out. And we both sat here and called it. We say, my God, dude, she's getting better. She's getting yeah. better. Okay, look at this mic work or in ring work. She's really good now. And then everyone started coming around the Brit Baker. I'm like, dude, we saw it developing as it was coming along. So same thing here for Julia Hart, man. We saw her when she was green, and we see her now. And as it was coming along, we were sitting right here saying, she's getting better. Bro, she's getting better. Yep. And here she is. We are very proud to see progress. We love seeing progress. We love seeing it for Britt Baker when she progressed, and now we love seeing it for Julia Hart. We love seeing progress in the ring. We would love to see more progress in the women's storytelling division. But as far as in-ring in ring work goes, we can't shit on these women, man. They're doing their thing between the ropes. Yep. Now, maybe 2024 uh, is different for Tony Khan in the women's division. I don't know. Maybe they're waiting for Jamie Hayter to get back to really tell that story with Tony Storm. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll see more Britt yeah. Baker next year. We don't really know. But right now, you know, outside Sky Blue and Julia Hart, the ladies are pretty much cold. They are. And that women's yeah. title really isn't doing much for Tony Storm. And, and unfortunately, due to the creative... She's not doing much for the championship. Yeah. But uh, look, Phil just uh, put in, he said that, um, is that Julia won breakout women's wrestler of the year for the New York post. Oh, that's, that's a that's, pretty big publication, bro. That's a, you know, that's nothing to sneeze at, man. MJF won uh, wrestler of the year in, in that same publication as well. See what I mean? That's, I mean, you can't argue with that. No. If, if MJF is your wrestler of the year, no one can argue with that. No, not at all. And if Julia Hart breakout female wrestler of the year, yeah, man, I'm not going to argue with that. 27, 27 years old he is, man. Wrestler of the year for the New York Post in 2023, and then he's in the uh, the National uh, Jewish uh, Sports Hall of Fame. It's crazy. Yeah. Julia Hart's 22. 22, Bro, breakout you, star. Yeah. What were you doing at 22? Working, working fucking Starbucks, making caramel macchiatos. What the fuck was I doing? Were you, were you the breakout Starbucks employee of the man, year? I, man, I was the Michael Jordan of cappuccinos, bro. There you go, man. There you go. I'm not sure what I was doing at 22, but I know I was not the breakout at it, whatever it was, man. So Listen, man, she don't even have that many years of experience. How long she been doing this? Two and a half years, three years? Man, she is going to be a legend in this business, man. It's going to be great. Great thing to see. Uh, so Mariah May, Tony Storm, they're really uh, kind of teasing that little storyline there. Then you have uh, Jamie Hayter potentially coming back in time for Revolution. 
She's going to be due, due back after uh, after the, the new year. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the ladies. And um, hopefully it gets better next year. We go from that to top flights and action ends ready. They said they came up short against the acclaimed and Billy Gunn on collision for the trios championships. But they're issuing an open challenge in walks Orange Cassidy, Trent Beretta, and Rocky Romero. Beretta said they're issuing a challenge when they're five feet away so they see what they're up to. Cassidy said that they'd see them on Friday on Rampage. Andretti then crushed a full bottle of water and guzzled it. And then yelled, ah, hydration, pal. What the fuck did he do to I don't know what that was about. I don't know where that came from. I don't know if that's a new thing for him. But uh, maybe they, uh, they should have cut the segment before that. It was a little awkward and weird. A little, a little, like, a little bizarre, man, really. Like, what is he doing with that bottle? This is a little uncomfortable, man. I, I don't know. Whatever the case may be, more open challenges. You know, it's uh, seemingly an every week thing there for the AW creative team. So we move on from that to Miro. Miro spoke about his wife, CJ Perry, and he and Andrade will have a match at World's End. So that was made official tonight. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to that. Anytime when Miro and Andrade are on my TVs, you get a thumbs up of approval from me. So I like that. I don't know where they're going to go with that. I don't know where this is leading to. Obviously, CJ being back with Miro is the end goal, I would assume here, right? Yeah, clearly and obviously. Yeah. Andrade had a... Maybe... I was going to say Andrade had a breakout tournament himself. Hopefully we get him uh, in a big role next year as well. Yeah, so... Uh, maybe CJ is the catalyst to them getting back together. Maybe CJ turns on Andrade and goes heel with Miro, turning Andrade babyface. Maybe, yeah, I could see I could see that happening. Um, personally, I kind of like Andrade as a as a, as a heel myself, though. Yeah, me too. But that's just me. Yeah, um, he doesn't do a lot of mic work, so I guess it shouldn't be that much of a difference. But nonetheless, I do like his personality as a heel, though. Me too. Uh, we go from that and something that Jesse and I have talked about and questioned and to see it on television play out right in front of you, man. I wonder if someone's listening to the show, man. Really, the Don Callis family is back on the show and we had some interesting dialogue tonight as well from a lot of different people in this segment, man. Somebody's watching. Somebody's watching, man. Our questions are answered. Where's Don Callis? He's there. He's in Orlando, and we got the Don Callis family on TV. So Tony Schiavone is in the ring, said it's Boxing Day, or it was Boxing Day yesterday. Uh, It's Supposedly, this is some Canadian holiday that Don Callis wanted to celebrate here today on Wednesday. So Don Callis took the microphone from Tony Schiavone mid-sentence. Callis said that there's been a lot of family stuff going on in recent weeks, Thus, his absence. Sure thing. He says it's been a difficult two weeks for him. He revealed custom paintings for Kanosuke Takeshita, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Kyle Fletcher. Callus was chiseled and centered in all these different paintings. Some paintings he had a tattoo or tattoos. And then in other paintings, he was not portrayed with tattoos. So there were, uh, there were different artworks, all beautifully painted, you know, depicting Don Callis with all of his family members in different scenarios. Sammy Guevara all of a sudden walked out, and he's out there, and this is the first time, Jesse, we've seen him in what, four months? Yeah, something like that, yeah. 
So he's out there, and Don Callis says, it's like Christmas all over again to see Sammy Guevara. Guevara put his hand over the mic to cut him off. He says, long time no talk, Don. So fans were chanting for Sammy. Fans were actually happy to see Sammy back. Callis asked if he's gotten the gift he sent for the kid. Sammy said no. So Don, Don Callis blamed the Canadian postal system. And he obviously did not take blame for Sammy not getting this gift. Don Callis pointed to Guevara in the final painting, and it was a picture of Sammy holding his newborn baby, and all behind him is the rest of the Don Callis family in support of Sammy Guevara. So Guevara removed the black cover. It showed this painting, and Guevara was upset about this painting because he yelled at Don Callis saying, Why did you put this, why did you put me and my baby in this picture? Who gave you the authority to put my baby in this portrait? So the crowd in Orlando obviously chanted, you fucked up to Don Callis. Callis said Sammy will need all the help he can get as a parent. Sammy said powerhouse Hobbs beat Jericho. And this is where we we, we say that Jesse and I had the dialogue of this a couple weeks ago. And now this interesting dialogue has shown itself in this in this segment here. Sammy said, Jesse, that Powerhouse Hobbs beat Jericho and Takeshita beat Kenny Omega twice, but nobody remembers because Callis made everything about himself. Now, I'll stop there, man. What is it that we said a couple weeks ago, Jesse, in, in regards to the Don Callis family here? We said that for some reason they weren't on TV. And then you pointed out that, oh, they're on TV. They're just on the other show. And I found that out. I'm like, this makes no fucking sense. Yeah, this Rampage. guy just beat Omega twice and everything else. And, and now he's just sitting there buried on a different show. That's kind of fucking stupid. And then here they are on the main show telling everyone that it was stupid to not be on the main show because he beat Kenny Omega twice. Man, you got to love it. I love yeah, it. I, I, love, I love I love when we talk about something and legitimately a week or two after we talk about it, it happens on the show. So they took what we said and they now have made it uh, a point in this storyline. Well, what happened to this guy? He beat Kenny Omega twice, but he, nothing's really come of it. Powerhouse out beat Jericho. Nothing's come of it. So now they're blaming Don Callis for the Don Callis family shortcomings and the fact that AEW has booked these guys into shit. Good. Good. Do something with it. It's perfect, man. I'd love to see it. Um, I don't know what they're doing with it other than just putting them out there and just having them say what we were thinking. But nonetheless, they're doing something with them. Um, the important thing is what do we do with them going forward past the pay-per-view? Well, we'll get into that. Uh, it, it's nothing uh, overly exciting, uh, as you guys know, if you watch the show. So... After this, and what Sammy said, Sammy said people he never expected to hear from asking how he was doing after he got concussed, but Callis wasn't among them. Don Callis said if Sammy is disappointed in him, he will be even more disappointed in Sammy. He says he's dropped the ball when he'd gotten hurt. He didn't show up for five months because he was hurt having babies and on maternity leave. He said Sammy has a choice to make. He can choose the other family, meaning Tay and his newborn baby, or the Don Callis family. He says he knows Sammy is a hothead, but he should think carefully before he answers this question. He says if he answers wrong, he'll be remembered as just a big failure of a wrestler as he is as a dad. So Sammy shoved Don Callis down. He was absolutely leveled 
by Will Hobbs from behind. Takeshita and Fletcher, three-on-one attack here on Sammy. And then out comes Chris Jericho, who got himself into some hot water on social media this past week. He ran out with Floyd the baseball bat and cleared the ring of everybody. He also bashed all the paintings and gave Sammy the baseball bat to smash the painting of him and the Don Callis family. After a little tense moment, Sammy and Jericho extended their hands, and instead Sammy went in for a hug. Ricky Starks and Big Bill then attacked. The lights went out. When they came back on, Sting and Darby Allen were in the ring, and they went after Bill and Starks, who then retreated, and the segment came to an end. Now, uh, I don't know where you guys are feeling this entire segment, but I I will say this. The first thing that came to my mind is, are we really going back to Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho? Again, how fucking lazy is that? But then, you know, I I got to thinking about what Jesse was probably going to say here. Well, let's put the brakes on this for a second. AEW right now has one of two things. Do they leave Chris Jericho off the show? Do they leave Ricky Starks and Big Bill off the show? Or do we find a way to get them on the show, Jesse? And that's exactly what Tony Khan's option was here. He went with putting them on the show, going back to another storyline that they kind of abandoned and went into a different direction for, all because Kenny Omega came down with diverticulitis. Those plans were ruined. They pivoted to this now. And now Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho are back as the Lasex gods Teaming with Sting and Darby Allen against the Don Callis family and Big Bill, along with Ricky Starks at the pay-per-view. I know a lot of people are disappointed in this. I'm not overly excited about this. And I feel that Jericho and Sammy actually make a better team, a more logical team than Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho did. And I know you and I discussed this. Yes, Sammy probably would have been better as a heel. Yes, Sammy and the Don Callis family was an interesting aspect. Mega heat with being... Paired, uh, you know, with Don Callis, but honestly, the Lake Sex Gods actually probably have more long long term than than anything here, and I think this is probably what's best for Sammy. And you mentioned the babyface turn here; they may actually have a successful run with it now. Yeah. So let me go back before I hit that one, though. So my thought of the whole thing, my first reaction was, why is Sammy Guevara mad? Like, why was he angry coming out? Um, because Don the, the, Callis didn't call him. Yes. Well, he's that a part of the Don Callis. He's a part of the Don Callis family, and he feels like Don did not call him to wish him well, as he and Tay had a newborn baby. Seems a little superficial. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean well, if it, well, if they're really a family, don't you think that you know? Joined the family about fifteen minutes ago. Yeah, he was in the family for about a cup of coffee and a half a scone, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I don't know. And then he got mad because someone drew, not put, someone not put a picture of his baby. They drew an image of his baby, and he got heated about that. It just seems like it was a little, like, like we're trying to force Sammy being angry when he really had no reason to. That's that's how it came off to me right away. Like, why is Sammy mad? You didn't call me. I'm, like, I'm, you know, I remember having my first child, all right? And I remember being distant from my friends and my family because I was focused on being a dad for the first time and I'm spending all my time worrying about my child. I was not worried about who was not calling me. I didn't want people to call me because I probably wouldn't answer the phone because I was busy trying to be a dad. Yeah. 
And I'm just thinking about my own personal experience. So I'm like, he's worried that he mad that Don didn't call him. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess. Ira, let me let I me just, let me ask you this question. Uh, you, you have every right to feel that way, and uh, it's your opinion, yes. But does it work in this context? That's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to balance and figure out here. You know, because he seemed like he came out already fuming and mad. So he and he couldn't have been mad about the picture. He didn't know about the picture. So the only thing he was mad about was not getting a phone call. I mean, I I guess that I guess I can make it work. I mean, I can force it in there if you really need me to to be that angry about do, it. Do you want to know where I see them going with this? Jericho and Sammy Guevara will end up winning the tag team titles from Big Bill and Ricky Starks. And I think Jericho and Sammy Guevara are going to be the final match for Sting and Darby Allen for the tag team titles at Revolution in North Carolina. That's where I see them going with this. And Sting and Darby are going to win the tag. Sting and Darby are going to win the tag team titles in their final match. Why would you put Sting in a title match in his final match so that if he wins, now you have a championship problem because it's his final match. What are the titles doing now, bro? They're on two people who were trying to establish as a tag team because they weren't established before. What are, God knows that. What are we doing with the title? Where is the division now? How, how valuable are these titles now? Not very valuable. No, but putting them on a retire a, a 50% retired tag team is not going to help the division. You'd Tony, be better off building up Starks and Big Bill. Tony Khan is already formulating his next tournament. The tag team tournament. Yeah. No. I think we're all tournament out for a little bit. I hope it's no. not anytime soon. Don't tell, don't tell TK that. <laughs> let, let this one breathe, bruh. I don't want to see another tournament until the spring at the very fucking least. All right. Revolution's March. For, well, in March? Well, he, he'll give us three months of a break without a tournament. All right. I, I'll take that. That's fine. And, and Jericho, you, you know, you, you think Jericho wants to be a part of that final Sting match? I think so. Yeah, I'm sure everybody wants to be a part you know? of the Sting's final match. But I don't think it should be for... I think putting Sting in a title match in his last match kind of takes away from the unpredictability of it. I mean, just let it be a match. Why would you challenge for a title in your final match? If you win, then what? You just set yourself up to vacate the damn title? Leave he, goes out on, he goes out on top. The symbolism of him going out on top as a champion in AEW. What about Darby? Does he lose his title? I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. That's stupid. We're not putting Sting in a title match in this final fucking match. That's just my prediction. I don't know where they're going with it. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case, to be honest with you. No, Sting's final match is the draw. It does not need a, a title on the line. Like he has to win. You're not wrong. Sting is one, Sting is one of the rare... In, so, so, for those who don't know, the, the etiquette in the business is you leave the business looking at the lights, you know? So if you, if you exit the business, you go out putting someone else over. Um, Sting is one of those rarities, much like the undertaker where Sting wants to go out on top, but God damn it, Sting goes out on top. All right. That's just how it goes. He, he is not the norm, but if he's in a title match, why would you put a title on him? Then have him retired. Then you just setting yourself up for just, more nonsense booking down the road. Just make it a match. You're talking Just make to, it a match. You, you, you're talking to the guy who booked Gunther to, to vacate the Intercontinental Championship after he beats Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I don't I don't mind <laughs> a vacating of the title as long as it makes sense. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get it. But I, I think um, 
We've had enough vacated titles in AEW for the time being, man. Well, I mean, most of them were uh, impromptu and 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 not planned. You, you, you really can't book the tag team championships to be worse than they are now. I mean, what is Ricky Starks <laughs> and Big Bill doing with them? Nothing. Might as well put them Nothing. on Sting and Darby and have them vacate and just hit a fucking hard reset button on those titles and just do what you got to do to get them back to where they need to be. Honestly, I, I can see that. But here's why I feel about the titles now: they're already on Bill and Starks. They're already there. So rather than strip them off and put them somewhere else and then start from scratch to build them up, start building them up where they are. Just leave them right here. Build up Bill and Starks. Make them a legitimate tag team. Get them some momentum. Then when you go ahead and take the titles off of them and put them wherever you're going to put them, at least they had a good run. At least they're still a solid tag team. And at least they have some kind of direction going forward. Because if you just strip them right now, I feel like they'll split these guys up next week. I don't know. I see a lot of people not very happy about Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Again, is it something that we wanted at this point in the game? No. You know, no. it's AEW going no. back on on a storyline that they've kind of moved in a different direction with, all because of an injury to Kenny Omega. So I can't really fully blame no. TK because he had nothing in the meantime for anything here with the tag team titles. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you got to think about how to book this show, right? Ricky Starks and Big Bill. The show's better with them on it. The tag team title's better with them on the show. Jericho wants to be a part of the show. It's the last pay-per-view of the year for AEW. Do you not put these guys on the show because of a Kenny Omega injury? No, the show continues on. The show must go on. So he reworked this to get Sammy out of the Don Callis family, which I was actually looking forward to. Now we're not getting that. He's back with Jericho. A lot of people are saying Sammy should stand on his own. Yes. Is is he is he is he at a level, Jesse, where he's able to stand on his own, whether he's a heel or a babyface? I think so. It's like they pair him with Jericho, and it's almost like they don't trust him to go out there and be his own man. Let's pair him with Jericho. Let's pair him with Don Callis. Let's do this with him. It's like let yeah. him go out there and do what he's got to do. Yeah, it's time for him to go. What is Don Callis going to do for for Sammy Guevara that Chris Jericho has not done since he came to AEW? Be a heat magnet, Chris Jericho. Yeah, Jericho's already taken Sammy as far as you're going to take him as far as being under someone else's tutelage or in someone else's stable. I think Sammy's ready to go. And Sammy and Sammy is ready to go. Sammy's great on the mic. Sammy is bell, bell to bell, probably one of the best in the company. I will put him in the top 10 easily, easily, as the best in-ring workers bell to bell in all of AEW. Um, he doesn't need to be in a stable. As a matter of fact, I would put Sammy close enough to be able to probably run his own damn stable pretty damn soon here. I mean, put him out there as a heel, solo, let him do his thing for a few months, get a little momentum here and there. Don't need a title just yet because Sammy can work on the mic, man. When you can work on the mic and the ring, you can keep yourself interesting. You don't have to have a title just right away. Build himself up. I would give Sammy a stable, man. Sammy is there. Sammy is ready. I don't think he's ready for this baby face run just yet. Um, we talked about it before when they tried it, and it was a you know failure to launch, so they put him in the Don Callis family. I thought that was a smart move to get him some more heat before you launch him into babyface area, but he's been gone from TV for a while. Absence make the heart grow fonder. Um, he had his kid, he came out, he turned babyface on you know the biggest heel in the company. Um, this is a better launch for Sammy to try to push him as a babyface. I don't know why the I don't know why the agenda to make him a babyface. I think that I think he's more productive as a fucking heel. Yeah, but 
but they are all for making Sammy a baby face. Fine. This should work. Turn it on the Don Callis family. That, that should work just for, just perfectly fine. I don't know why he needs to go back with Jericho. I'm with you on that one, man. I, I, I think they've done it. They've done it to death. We've already seen it. I want to see him on his own. Yeah, the uh, what are, what are the people on social media call it the Chris Jericho vortex? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a real thing they say. Getting yeah. paired with Jericho and you just kind of get stuck in the in a sea of nothing and you're not really relevant or important. You know, you you could think that way, but you know, I, I'm not here and Jesse's not here to disrespect Chris Jericho. It could work, and them as a no. tag team is something that could have worked before they moved Sammy into the Don Callis family, and we, we will see how they go about it this time. But, yeah, Sammy is good enough to be on his own, and I feel like he is always paired with someone or in something and not allowed to stand on his own. I don't, I don't know why that is, but hopefully this is a, a great thing with him being paired with Jericho. Maybe they do end up winning the tag team championships. Now, does Don Callis find somebody to replace Sammy Guevara? I was thinking, Jesse, what if this opens the door for Jack Perry to be in the Don Callis family? Maybe he can join Don Callis. That'd be a good fit. I think that'd, that'd be, be a good, good fit. fit. Yeah. That'd be a good fit. Um, that, that would definitely, I didn't even think about that to right now. That'd be a good fit. Um, but I think Sammy is good to be on his own um, with his own stable. I mean, they have so many guys back there, young, good young talent that would definitely serve, you know, as, as an underling for, for Sammy Guevara. Um, just off the top of my head, um, oh, the guy with the guy with top flight right now. Uh, action Andretti. Um, action Andretti. Yeah. Take an Action Andretti. Turn him heel. You know, put him under Sammy Guevara. You know, this, 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 that's a fresh idea. You know what I'm saying? He hasn't done anything really since he beat Jericho. Hanging out with Top Flight as a trio, that's great and all. But take someone like that and put him under a Sammy Guevara. Someone who can talk on the mic and, and, and be a heater. Go out there and just send him to the wolves to take L's. But it, it gets him on TV and gets his character out there. They have quite a few guys like that that they can easily put under a Sammy Guevara and be a nice little mid-card stable. And that be that's that's good for Sammy right now, a good mid-card stable. There's no room at the top of the card for Sammy right now. He's not needed up there right now. He's not built up for there right now. But a nice little mid-card stable, throw an Action Andretti up there or, you know, uh, 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 an Isaiah Cassidy. You know, just some of, the, some of the younger guys. Throw them in a stable with Sammy and see how they float for a little while, man. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be... Uh... Hopefully this pairing is good with Jericho. We'll see how it plays out. Obviously the eight-man tag, not a lot of heat going into it, but, you know, it could be worse for Sammy Guevara going into World's End. Eddie Kingston, one-on-one with Brian Danielson. This was the Blue League final here in the AEW Continental Classic. These two wrestled a few weeks ago on Collision, and I thought they had a fantastic match here on Dynamite. I thought this one was even better because of the story coming into it. Obviously, you got the story of Brian Danielson's eye. Always been an injury thing uh, since the start of the tournament. He's out there like fucking Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid. And then you got Eddie Kingston, who's out there, who is on a win streak after losing the first two matches in this tournament. And obviously, his come-from-behind babyface journey to become the first ever AEW Continental Champion because it is his championships that are on the line here. He's going to win this tournament, potentially, and fuse all these championships into this new championship created by Tony Khan. I thought the stories of this, or the story of this match, each guy's individual stories into this match played into it 
even better than the first time that we've seen it in the tournament. And just the drive of Eddie Kingston and the fact that Brian Danielson was just going to pound this guy into submission. Just a beautiful story here. The back and forth between Moxley and Eddie Kingston at the end of the match. I, this was great shit, Jesse. I mean, nobody can really hate on this. And we had a, a great Blue League. I thought the Blue League was actually... I wouldn't say it was better than the Gold League, but, man, there were some great fucking matches on Collision coming out of the Blue League. This entire tournament was so great. But I, I think this match was the personification of what this tournament really was about, man. The story into this was fucking fantastic. It was. It was. I mean, I, this is the part This is the part of the tournament that I was looking forward to when we, when it started, and, you know, and, and people were like, well, why this? Why this? This makes no sense, you know, and... You know, where is the upset? It's all predictable. And then where's the story? Where's it? I I feel like we'll get it later. Let's wait till later and see. And if we don't, then let's come back and shit on it. Yeah. But now we got it. You know, now it makes sense. So much story came out. I, this tournament has already done so much good for so many different wrestlers, and nobody's even won yet. So I I, I label this tournament a 100% success, you know, all the way down the card from, from, from the 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 people that should be there to the people that didn't get there to the people who didn't get a win for the you know it all makes sense you know I'm 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 impressed I gotta admit when it was announced I just thought it was another whole hum tournament but it seems like Tony came in with a plan and I think he knocked it out of the park man for all of the faults this guy has had this guy's had a rough 2023 Tony Khan has but I think he has ended it on a pretty decent note with this tournament so maybe 2024 look better for him. It's definitely something that I want to see come back in 24. In fact, I'm very confident, 100% confident that we'll see this tournament again next year. Um, obviously, we have a new championship crown. The championship will be uh, on the line in the tournament on a yearly basis. So I, I think it's pretty safe to say we're going to get another AEW Continental Classic. And it was the best tournament here in the United States for all of 2023. And this showed you why. We'll pick it up right before the first commercial break because there was two commercial breaks in this match. So Danielson and Eddie Kingston were on the ring apron. Danielson punted uh, Eddie Kingston's leg on the apron and then hit a DDT on the edge of the ring, followed by a flying knee out to the floor. So we go to commercial break, and Danielson is in control. Kingston tried to make a comeback. But obviously, Danielson kept him down, took him out with an exploder. And that is the way that Eddie Kingston tried to get back into this. Danielson counted the back fist that followed, but Kingston counted a bell lock into a DDT, and both guys were doubled down. A lot of chops in this match. Brian Danielson's chest was absolutely punished in this match. Completely beat red, swollen, and just chopped up. It bleeding was Brian's chest. Some machine gun chops here by Eddie Kingston. As Danielson spit on Kingston during all of this, uh, this chopping, which resulted in Eddie Kingston just getting more angry and more chops ensued. Danielson counted another exploder and sank in the label lock, but Kingston got to the ropes. So we go to our second commercial break. On the ropes, they went. This time, Danielson hitting an anvil elbow, but Kingston spun out of a back suplex attempt, landing on Danielson's face for a double down into the second commercial break. So we come back, and they're both chopping each other again. Punt kicks, 
Uh, Kingston fired back with more loud shops. Danielson's chest was completely beat red at this point, and he managed to get a chop block into a bridging suplex for two. So Brian delivered the yes kicks. Kingston spit at Danielson, avoided the corner drop kick, turned Danielson inside out with a lariat, followed up with a Northern Lights bomb for a two count. Both guys straight to pin attempts here and some big shots down the stretch. Danielson connected with a Busaiko knee and Kingston. I don't know how he kicked out of it. It was basically him just flopping his elbow up or his arm up and he got the two and a half. So Kingston, he's laying down and Brian is just leveling him with the anvil elbows and he's just sinking and sinking and sinking with every elbow. Kingston just fading away and Danielson opted to kick Kingston in the head and demanded referee Bryce Remsburg to stop the match. But Kingston lifted his one finger, and that was the middle finger at Danielson. He flipped Danielson off. Wanting the final shot, Danielson charged it for another Busaiko knee, but ran right into a spinning back fist and then a half-and-half half suplex. Another spinning back fist and a Kawada powerbomb high-stack pin. Gave Eddie Kingston the one, two, three, and enough to beat Brian Danielson in a fucking great match, story-driven match, and Eddie Kingston's in the finals with John Moxley. Speaking of, John Moxley came out to the ring to check on Danielson, and then he gets in the ring with a microphone to tell Eddie Kingston off here about what is going to happen in the finals of this tournament at World's End. So they exchange words. Kingston told Moxley to speak his mind. Mox said all he's ever asked for is for him to give him 100%. He said for a guy who's angry at the whole world, he's sure he's he sure got a lot of people who love him. Orlando, everybody in Orlando loves him. Everybody across the country loves Eddie Kingston. He says they'll love him at World's End in New York City. He said he knows Kingston, knows he can't beat him. So for his money, he's already lost and he's already given up and he's already making excuses. So a couple of years ago, he let him die a warrior's death, and then he came back stronger. But this time, he won't get a single favor. He says if he wants to be the Triple Crown champion like all of his heroes were, he'll have to earn every inch. So Kingston then grabbed the microphone and says, Listen, dog, you talked enough. He told him that he's not his young bitch like Yuta. He says he broke into the wrestling business before him, so you're lucky I let you even breathe. He says he hates himself more than he hates anyone else. And he said one time he was going to quit AEW. Moxley told him, you can't quit because we need people like you around here to teach the younger guys. He says he's going to show him his fighting spirit and bust him up. And then he called for his own music to play because that was the end of, this, of the promo. This was, I mean, this is exactly what we needed here. And this was probably one of the best segments of the entire night. That sold the match, and if you had any reservation about Moxley beating Swerve and Jay White, Jesse, this promo sold that match for you. It should be fucking great in New York. It really should be. I mean, I'm expecting it to. You know, we, you know, there's been talk about Tony Khan's favorites and it being Moxley and, you know, things like that. But I'm looking at this tournament in a different way, man, because I'm looking at it the way that Eddie Kingston came into this company and the promo that he cut in this tryout match and that, you know, the promo and the, the way it was heartfelt and it probably got him signed at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at his indie career, his working with, you know, Brian and Moxley and everybody, everyone else. 
And he's worked his career putting guys like that over, helping guys like that become the men that they are. And I just feel like at this time, um, guys like Moxley, Brian, some of his closest friends, I think they're hell bent on actually giving back and, and putting Eddie, Eddie Kingston over this time. I mean, this, this is his moment, man. It feels like this is his actual time to shine on top. Um, I feel like this title, this championship, and this tournament is 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 a fantastic culmination of of Eddie's career, how far he's come. He's come into this company and he's and he's waved the flag for AEW. He's put it on his back, you know, and he's seemingly been there for Tony Khan in every step of the way. We went to London, you know, we went to we went to All In, and and after the show. When we saw Tony Khan, you know, going into the bar, he was flanked by like um like two people. One of them, Eddie fucking Kingston, right? I mean, it's right hand man. I mean, it's basically his 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 bodyguard walking in, man. I I think Tony Khan has a lot of faith in Eddie, and the fans are finally one hundred percent behind him, especially in the story that was told in this tournament. Um, I think this is a time you'll never get back, and this is definitely Eddie's moment now that we've gotten this far. So, um. I think this is a great moment for Eddie. I'm all on board, man. I hope he wins. I'm yeah. loving it. Yeah. Uh, you, you guys need to ask yourself this question. I, I get, like, the the smart mark fan out there. Well, Swerve should have won the tournament because he's the hottest guy in the company and they're, they're going to take him and stifle his momentum. He is losing this tournament now. He's eliminated, and he's going into a match with Keith Lee at the pay-per-view. Okay, fine. You, you could think that way. Jay White's not on the pay-per-view. That's fine. You could think that way. Brian Daniels is not on the pay-per-view. Yeah, you could think that way. That's fine. But l- let, me, let me ask you this question. Are, are you truly, truly, truly upset with everything that I just said? And are you, are you upset with John Moxley getting a match with Eddie Kingston that's rich in story at the pay-per-view in New York, Eddie Kingston's hometown? Are you that upset? I, I don't think you are. I think, it, it's up, I think you're upset because you're forcing to be, you're forcing yourself to be upset. Would you be, yeah. would you be upset with Eddie Kingston becoming the first ever AEW Continental Champion and winning this entire tournament the way that he did, losing the first two matches to win every single match after that, with all of his matches being elimination matches? Would you have a problem with it, with him winning and becoming the first ever AEW Continental Champion? I, I don't think so. That's just you being upset, forcing yourself to be upset. What what is there to be yeah. upset with here? What, what, what? This is a fantastic story. I'm looking at people in the chat say Eddie, Eddie is a blue collar guy. He he is he he is the average guy. You know the average guy does not look like Will Hobbs. Okay, the average guy does not look like Wardlow. The no. average guy looks like Eddie fucking Kingston, dude. And he and he and he fights his fucking heart out. And he's not scared of fucking anybody. He might not beat everybody, but he's not fucking scared of anybody. He'll go out there and fucking fight. And He's in a tournament that he should have lost because he started off cold. And now he fought his way all the way back. You know, fans love a comeback story for an underdog. And and Eddie Kingston is not a small guy, but my God, he's definitely someone that, you know, people wouldn't peg as being the guy to win this tournament, especially at the beginning of it. And I think it's a fantastic story. I think you cap it off with Eddie winning, man. You really should. Yeah, Eddie Kingston should win this tournament. Nobody should have a problem with him winning this tournament. And, and I, I, I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you guys to look at it in a different light. The way that I, that Je, that Jesse and I have, have talked about here, 
it, you know, Swerve, is Swerve going to fall down into the crevices of fucking irrelevance? No, he's not. No. If that happens, Tony Khan is going to have the fucking, everybody after yeah. him with a fucking gun to his head. He's not going to do that. Is Jay White yeah. going to be buried? No, Jay White's not going to be buried. Do we have questions about where Roosh is going to be? He should get a bigger role on TV. Absolutely with his his performance in the tournament. Should Mark Briscoe get a bigger shot on TV with his performance in the tournament? Absolutely. Should Andrade? Absolutely. Brody King prove something. Daniel Garcia yeah. prove something. Claudio prove something. Claudio was, again, bulletproof. You, you can't kill guys like that. Then They're never going to be buried. So for the sake yeah. of you guys telling us, oh, Swerve should have won it. Jay White should have been there. There should have been Jay White versus Brian Danielson. Look at it in the grander picture. How can you be upset with John Moxley and Eddie Kingston in the final? Am I disappointed because Swerve didn't win or Jay White didn't win? Sure, because those are the guys that could have probably benefited from it most. But the story yeah. here, the story here is rich with Moxley and Eddie Kingston. And like Jesse said, how the fuck can you dislike anything Eddie Kingston does? Right. He's like us. He's like, well, why did you like Kevin Owens? Why, why, why did everybody get on Kevin Owens' case about him being the guy? Or, or Brian Dan look at Brian Danielson when he was in the Yes Movement. Why did the Yes Movement yep. get over so much? Because he was a blue-collar fucking guy that everybody connected with because they yep. saw themselves in him. It's exactly how they look at Eddie Kingston. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a guy in a company full of people where he shouldn't be winning. Yeah. And and they want Roman Reigns to win. And the people are like, well, we want this guy to win. And it, it was the perfect storm. You know, we, we can get behind our, our big, you know, muscle-bound guys who look like they can win. We can get behind them. But once in a while, not everyone, because there's plenty of smaller guys in the company. But once in a while, you'll come across somebody that the people get behind and say, you know, this guy can go. So why can't he be champion? Because he doesn't look like that? That's bullshit. He can wrestle. And he can talk and we like him. So make him fucking champion. And that's what happened with Brian. And that's what's happening with Eddie Kingston right now. This is Eddie's moment, man. I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, this is uh, this is great. And uh, I'm looking forward to that match on Saturday night. Kingston and Moxley, AW Continental Classic final should be a banger. Uh, somebody will bleed. It will be a hard hitting affair. And it's going to be a final that is absolutely worthy of being a final of a tournament that has spanned yes. almost two months on AEW television. They're going to deliver yes. big time. Moxley, Moxley's going to beat the holy hell out of his fucking best friend. This he's may gonna, be the, he's going to beat the shit out of This him. may be the best we see of John Moxley and Eddie Kingston in AEW, period. Love it. Absolutely. He's going to make Eddie look like a goddamn champion yeah. by the end of that match. Yep. So, yeah. Lexi Nair was backstage with Christian Cage and Nick, uh, Nick Wayne along with Shayna Wayne as Christian was furious that he was sitting there all night waiting for Adam Copeland to show up who did not show up. Uh, I mean, I guess Christian wanted to be professional and get there, what, two hours early? I mean, give me a break. So uh, he waited there for Adam Copeland to show up who then all of a sudden ran in and attacked Nick Wayne. They started brawling and then he started brawling with Christian before security showed up. So Copeland had no problem going through everybody that was thrown at him. They brawled into the, uh, the, into the hallway, and he threw Christian into a trash can. And then all these wrestlers from the back came out to separate them. There was Brian Keith out there. Top Flight was out there. A bunch of uh, AEW suits and ties were out there. So Copeland broke free. He got in a couple of more shots. They separated them two finally. Copeland was yelling at Christian Cage, and Christian was yelling at Copeland that he was a coward for attacking him. He's a coward. He's a coward. And Adam Copeland says, you're mine. You're mine. 
in Long Island. So uh, they're building some heat to this thing. It should be a great match. I'm looking forward to it. I still think, Jesse, we get a new TNT champion. You think so? Yeah. Uh, we'll see, man. I don't think you, I, I would not take it off this fucking guy, man. Me neither. This guy, this guy's the fucking patriarch, bro. He is. He's one of the wrestlers of the year, in my honest opinion. You know, he's definitely he's he definitely is. in uh, talking for best wrestler of the year. He is. I mean, also, I think when we get past this Adam Copeland feud, um, I think what Christian does next will be um more relevant to the actual title itself. I do think the title has taken a little bit of a back burner to, you know, Adam and, and Christian, but as it should. I mean, these two guys have way more history than that damn title. It's not about that title right now. But um, I think going forward, it will be. And I'm not taking that title off of Christian Cage, man. The guy is gold. Bro, I remember when this guy came in to the overhype and to the fanfare that TK gave him, and it would fell flat. People were pissed off. You know who shit on Look that, Jesse? You know, you know who shit on that? We did right here. Raise my, hand, raise my hand on that. We, 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 we hate it. Right fucking here, man. Look at it now. The the way that he has performed, he has lived up to the fanfare in retrospect. I mean, it, it wasn't, it still wasn't worth it back then. No. But now, love it. If I if we would have known then how much he would be contributing to the company, we would have kept probably a mouth shut, dude. Christian Cage has been on fire. Leave that title on him, man. Yeah, it's going to be tough to take it off, and we'll we'll, we'll see, though. I'm kind of calling for uh, maybe maybe we get a Christian retaining the title, and then we get a third match at Revolution. We don't know. I, I think this may go three, so we'll see what happens. And then maybe Copeland takes it in the third match. I don't know. I, I think we do get a new champion at the end of all this, and then we'll uh, move on into the next chapter. There. But I'm looking forward to what they do on Saturday night for sure. Sky Blue, she went one-on-one with Chris Statlander, defeated Chris Statlander. This may have been the biggest win of Sky Blue's career so far in AEW. Solid match between these two ladies. Went about nine minutes or so. Uh, Stokely Hathaway was on commentary for this, kind of planting seeds about uh, Statlander and Willow, maybe having some dissension happen there. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, He was going back and forth with Taz. He mentioned that, Statlander is tough coming back from injuries while his cousin Leon, who works at AutoZone, twisted his ankle and has been out for five years. So he tried to uh, put over Statlander's toughness. How can you not, man? Stat looked good out there tonight, too. She did. She always looks good. She looked fantastic out there tonight. I I just, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in how her title reign went because I just, I had, I had so much, um, I had Hope? higher hopes for it, and I, and it, and it did. But I, I just feel like once again, creative let her down. Uh, what, what did and you what, what did you say last week? She she lost the title and then never made mention of it or wanted to go after it again after she lost it. She's like, oh whatever, yeah. I'll just go do this thing over here. They showed her record on the screen. It was like twenty three and one or something like that, you know, for the year and everything else. Dude, you lost one time. You won that title, lost once. You beat Jay Cargill twice, and you're like, ah. All right, what are you gonna do? Moving on, back to the best friends. Yeah, I mean, where was the "I want my title back" mentality? You know, like hold on, that's my title. I got screwed. I want another match. You got to start over. Fine, I go back to the bottom. I work my, but I want my title. She just doesn't care anymore. Like, okay, usually this stuff comes when you lose your title. 
And then you have more important or more pressing things going on, like a personal grudge. Someone got in your business and you want to go take care of that. And by the time that feud is over, then you've kind of forgotten that she just lost the title and she gets back into the, you know, the regular rotation of things. Yeah. But she just lost the title and went away and just went back to the back and was like back to being nothing but standing on the side, smiling with her best friends, you know, just like, wait a minute, you, you don't care. Julia is there tonight. You don't care that you lost that title. You just whatever. I mean, I just there should be more emphasis on that. They they did her kind of wrong in that whole feud all together and the whole title run all together. I mean, well, the T the TBS title doesn't mean anything to them. Uh, what the fuck do you want them to do with it? No, they don't yeah. care. They don't I'm, care about it. Though Julia Hart and, and Sky Blue have been getting top priority in the women's division right now, which is a, a great thing to see that they're finally getting behind some of the women yeah. there. Yeah, it's fine. Good, you know. But that I mean, this logic tells me that Chris Statlander should give a shit about that. Yes. You know, she should be out there. She should be running out there trying to get her match back or rematch back or some kind of something. But she just doesn't fucking care. I mean, and that's just poor creative. Yeah. That's just piss poor. There is nothing but piss poor creative. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to like shit on anyone, but just to keep it, if nothing else, that keeps the title important because if Chris Statlander gives so much of a shit to try to get it back, doesn't it make the title important? Let her try and fail. That's great. And then when she tries again, let her next feud come and interrupt. And then she can focus on that feud because they interrupted her, you know, rematch. And then you move Julia Hart on to Abaddon and whatever else she's doing. But you just don't look. If Roman Reigns lost the title at the next show, you think on Monday or whatever show he's on, on Thursday, uh, on Friday, he just comes out and was like, all right, so next order of business, you know, don't you want to try to get your fucking title back? You don't care? I mean, they did, they, they did that with Cody, too. He made little fucking nuggets of mentions of it, uh, but he was, after he lost to Roman Reigns, it's like he almost, he, he, I don't want to say he didn't care, but he, he got put into a thing with Brock, Brock Lesnar, and, and he, did, he didn't really make a, a, an effort to even go back over there. It's like, all right, I'll just deal yeah. with this. I'm like, what? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I'll, give, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. At least, at least, Cody moved on because he had a he had a more pressing issue. He had to deal with Brock Lesnar. But, yeah, when that got done, it was just like, okay, because uh, I'll take what? Who was he feuding with? Dominic Mysterio? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, come on, man. It's good shit, you're supposed to, I, We know. We know that you're trying to push this to WrestleMania. We know why they're not in the ring again. But you have to give us some kind of kayfabe reason as to why. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit anymore. Is he just sitting around saying, well, I'll just wait to WrestleMania? No, he's supposed to want it right away. Same thing for Chris Statlander. You just lost your title. You worked your ass off to come back. You beat Jay Cargill twice. You lost the title. And now you're just sitting behind your best friends, smiling, happy. Don't give a shit. That's not good for the title. Statlander doesn't give a shit. Neither does Tony Khan. You just Tony Khan. That's not good for the title. She should want her title back. She should be knocking down Tony's door. Where's my rematch? No, kicking down Julia Hart's door. I want my rematch. She doesn't care. No. There's no mention of it. She just doesn't give a shit. You know who cares? Sky Blue cares, man. She's rustling her ass off out there. So 
Uh, this was a very good match for nine minutes that they were given. Sky Blue looked good. Statlander looked good. Statlander came back uh, after a commercial break with some clotheslines. Stat then connected on Chaos Theory for a two-count. But Blue answered with a Code Blue, which looked very good. It always doesn't look good, but Sky Blue hit the Code Blue for a two-count of her own. Blue wanted a second rope, her and Karana, but Statlander counted into a powerbomb. Going back and forth here, we had Blue and Statlander fighting in the corner where Blue slid out of a superplex attempt, and this allowed Julia Hart to appear from underneath the ring and hit Statlander with the TBS title. Blue connected with a big kick, followed by an avalanche code Blue for the one, two, three. Post-match, Blue kept attacking Statlander with Julia Hart delivering a sliding clothesline to the back of the neck. Blue slapped on a dragon sleeper before Willow Nightingale ran out. Cleaned house, Julia and Blue retreated and sandwiched in between these ladies, or I guess uh, outside, they, they were on the ramp and, and they were in the middle. He had Willow on one side and then Abaddon appeared on the ramp uh, and uh, they were kind of sandwiched between these two ladies on the ramp and that was their sell for Abaddon and Julia Hart for the TBS title at the pay-per-view. Um... I don't know where we're going with this Julia and Sky Blue pairing. Like Jesse mentioned, there's been no dialogue at all about what, what's going on, why they're pairing, why, Ju- why Julia is paired with Sky Blue and, you know, Sky Blue turning to this dark side. No, no dialogue at all about why it happened. We're, we're, just visu- we're just visually seeing it happening with no, no explanation. But, but yeah. from what I gather, Jesse, it's almost as if Julia is proud of what Sky Blue has become. Now, I could be wrong in this. This is just my interpretation. Julia is proud of what Sky Blue has become and is a little too trusting of Sky Blue right now. But at the end, Sky Blue is becoming a little little bit more darker than Julia is, and then she's going to eventually eye that TBS title. I think we go from Julia to Sky Blue in in the TBS title rankings. That's just... Us coming up with our own. I lore. mean, that's just my yeah. That's just my yeah, interpretation. I mean, we, sh- we shouldn't have to do right. that, you know. I mean, it, it we're it feels like we're at the stage now where they should they should be telling us what's going on. Is is Sky Blue in the House of Black? Is she Sky Black now? No. Is is it does Julia have her own separate stable? Are they forming a tag team? You know what are we doing as far as these women being together? We like the pairing. It makes sense. We would like an explanation because they came off a little bit botched when Sky Blue turned on Julia and then started dressing like her and then sided with her for no reason at all. But that's fine. I'll look past that if you just explain to me why they're together and what their plan is. Is she in the House of Black? Let's start there. Is she in the House of Black? I don't think so. Explain. Why not? Is I don't she know. going to be? Why is she not? What is their relationship about? Well, she's not the leader of the House of Black, so I don't think she's the one to make those decisions. Maybe not. You know, is she qualified? Is she gonna be? You know, it, I mean, I don't know. I, I see the, I see this super chat. I kind of want to wait till it comes up. But I just want to get to it now. It says Adam Copeland specifically cut a promo saying he wants to take the title from Christian now. Um, how was that not about the title? LOL. All right. Um, who was that? Seizure your property with a $5 super chat. Thank you, man. Thank you so much, man. So it's not about the title. Um, Christian and and Adam 
if the title, if okay, so if if Christian was not the TNT tie, uh, TNT champion, would they be in this feud right now? The answer is yes, because they have history and they and and they they're best friends. That's why they're in the feud. All right, it just so happens that Christian also just happens to be TNT champion, and and Copeland got so pissed about this whole ordeal, he said, you know what? As a bonus, basically. On the back end, I'm also going to take your fucking title from you. It's not about the feud that's going on because Copeland wanted the TNT title. That was secondary. That was not the reason. It just so happens he is, and he'll take that too because he wants to take everything from him. But if he wasn't champion, if someone else was TNT champion, would Copeland be feuding with them because he wants the title, or would he still be sitting here feuding with Christian Cage? I think you know the answer, and that's why the feud is not about the title. Well, it's eventually going to be about the title. I mean, I know he did mention it. Seizure your property is correct. He did mention it's about the title. He mentioned it a couple of weeks back that I'm going to take this title off you. He threw it down on Christian Cage. Um, But right now, it's more about uh, revenge after what had happened, you know, in their last match. And the title is just there right now. But, you know, I, I, I would say as far as what Jesse's saying, the title is secondary here. It's not. Secondary. It's not. It's not the number one thing that he wants. He wants revenge for what happened at the last pay, at the last time that they wrestled. The title is yes. only there. He wants so. to make him hurt. Yes, and he knows that title from him will, will hurt him. You know, so that's what that's why he wants the title. You know, it's, it's 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 not like you know, it's not like Joe and MJF. Why does Joe want to face MJF? Because he wants the fucking title. Yeah, he wants to be world champion. If the if someone else was champion. Joe wouldn't give a shit about facing MJF. He'd be looking to face someone else who's the champion. He wants the, it's all about the title in that situation. This one, it's all about the friendship. The title, that's a bonus. That, that can be thrown in there. But in this situation, I'm sorry, in, in this case, that works. That's okay. Because with the history these two men have, that title should be secondary. You know? I mean, it, it's not needed. If that title was lost right now, I would still be looking forward to seeing these two in a fucking, you know, no holds barred match because it's more important. Yeah, um, that is uh, we'll find more about that on Saturday. But uh, I agree with Jesse there. you uh, getting back to the ladies, you know, yeah, Will, Will, Willow, you know, I don't know where Willow fits into all this. I mean, they've also taken some time away from this and now they're kind of, re, you know, kind of going back to it and coming back to it. Where does Willow fit into all this? I know Willow and Stat were friends, but, you know, Willow, they dropped the ball on Willow, too. She won the Owen Hart yeah. women's portion of the tournament. She didn't yeah. she didn't really go anywhere after winning that tournament. I mean, so uh, Am I supposed to feel or think that Willow is an important figure in this storyline or an important figure in the women's division when they haven't, you know, portrayed her as such? It's it's tough, you know. No, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I, I I think they have they they seriously lost Willow's momentum. Yeah, she had a lot. She had a lot of it. Yeah, she really did. And I care less about Willow right now, and I don't know why. I mean, probably mostly because I don't see her enough or in the right spots and situations, you know, but. As a wrestler, she's great. I still think she's one of the one of the better in ring workers as far as um, her style. I think, I think I think she has the hardest hitting style in the entire women's division. Man, she she does not come the fuck around. No, you know Willow will come out there smiling and kissing babies and shaking hands and getting the ring, and she will murder a bitch, dude. Yeah. It is it is not about fluff with Willow, and I, I do appreciate that. 
but I would love to see her in more engaging things. I mean, just something more interesting rather than I think her and Stat are friends, you know, and maybe they're not going to be friends. You should find out and see. I mean, are they friends? Are they friends? Are they not friends? Why do they want to get take out Julia and Sky Blue? What's the reason? Give me some. I need dialogue. I need something. We We need some dialogue. We need some story being told. Um, out of all of the people there, I don't know who should be telling the story, but someone needs to be telling the story. Maybe it's time we get Julia on the mic. Well, it can't be us. We don't work there. Yeah, yeah. We can't do it for you. You can't leave commentary to tell us. I mean, that's not going to work that way. Anyway. We need to hear from the women in some form or another. Backstage interview. If, if we're not comfortable in front of a live crowd, get them back there with Renee, man. This is what she's there for. We need to get that story out. Well, uh, two ladies were backstage with Renee. It wasn't uh, any of the ladies that we were talking about here. Ruby Soho and Soraya were backstage with Renee, who interrupted to tell her that she has a birthday gift, Soraya, for Ruby. So Harley Cameron, if you guys don't know who she is, she was a part of QT Marshall's QTV segments. Harley Cameron walked in, and Soraya said she's a good little helper who will do anything, and she's good with her hands, she says. Wink, wink. And then she pulls out a butcher's knife, Jesse. A butcher's knife. And and just went straight psycho. This is what my reaction to you, my reaction to JD was like, who is this bimbo? Because she kind of came in with the same thing as Mariah. I'm like, who is this? So all I, all I texted told, you was oh, that's Q- the one from QV- QTV. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's kind of a weird intro, but all right. Uh, I mean, is she is, is she going is she going full fledged uh, Jason Voorhees here? I don't know. Dude, she's I don't know <laughs> what the fuck she's doing, man. She just turned into an axe murderer, like right. It's like she just morphed into the hot mess, like right away. I like, I, I, I thought she was with Nick Gage for a second. There. She just put out this big ass. My kitchen knife is not that big. I mean, again, Exhibit B on the why women's division in AEW is just completely useless. Like, what are we doing here? Like, this is this is what they call creative and engaging storytelling. And then Soraya says, well we'll, "Well, we'll find out what happens with this knife, and you know, we'll get a better understanding of why she did this next week." I don't give a shit. <laughs> tell me, I mean, tell me this week, bro. I mean, it presentation. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Mariah May. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, you know, this one here tonight. But it's about how you present them. Sometimes a couple of, you know, vignettes and some and some preemptive storytelling can help ease the debuts um, and make them feel a little bit more impactful, a little bit better, a little bit more important. Yeah. Rather than just a lady showing up and just turning psycho with a knife. <laughs> Okay, what the fuck just happened right here? She's good with her hands, you know? bro. Good with her hands. I'm like, it's great. Dude, it's all over the place. Is she a slut? Is she a <laughs> psycho killer? What is going on? Again. This is why I'm saying it was the, the, the Divas era is starting to come back a little bit, man. Whatever, man. I don't know. If it is, it is. Who the, I, I don't give a shit. Uh, finally, we're at the end of the show here. The Devil's Henchman. Against MJF and Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor tag team titles. But it wasn't Samoa Joe. He was taken out as MJF. First of all, the Devil's Henchmen didn't get any any theme music. They, they, they just came out and they, were, they, they went to the ring and they did their thing. They're standing in their, 
track jackets with a devil face on the back and they got the hoods on. Nobody knows who they are. MJF is walking down the aisle and, and we see him by himself. And then Samoa Joe is on the big screen. He's writhing in pain in the back. He got taken out by, uh, I guess, the devil's henchman. So he's not going to be out there for MJF's match. Okay. So MJF is yelling at Bryce Rensburg, I'm going at this match alone. I don't give a shit who you are or what Tony says. I'm going at it. I'm doing this match two-on-one. Long story short here, he, lo- he loses the championships. Okay? He-, he can't beat these guys. MJF is heavily bandaged, bandaged up. He's got the-, the-, the whole shoulder sling. He's got the kinesio tape. So he's out there, and he rushed one of the henchmen at the bell. He tried to unmask him almost immediately, which obviously made made the most sense here. It's like, you're in this match finally. The bell rang. You got these two geeks in there, you go and not try to win the match. Who the fuck are you? That, that's the one yeah. thing here. So we went right for the mask. He was hung up by the other who ultimately back body dropped him to the floor. MJF tried to unmask this guy on the outside, but the referee was distracted by it. the first one, which allowed one of the other guys, the third guy, came out from underneath the ring and attacked MJF with a steel pipe at ringside behind Bryce's back. Back inside, MJF was dropped with a devastating heat seeker which is MJF's signature move, and he was pinned off his own move. One, two, three, and now the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships are held by two guys that we don't even know the identity of. So that says a lot yeah. about Ring of Honor. Post-match, yeah, exactly. <laughs> post-match, all three of these guys attacked MJF. Samoa Joe hobbled down to the ring finally with the match over with the steel chair. Henchman bailed as Joe helped MJF up. The devil appeared on the big screen with the words on the big screen saying, pleasure doing business with you. Now, we didn't know what that meant when we saw it immediately. We were like, I I guess the henchmen, you know, did the business. They won the tag team titles, so on, so forth. We move on. But in fact, the devil wrote out that message for Samoa Joe, who attacked MJF with the steel chair and beat beat him down, laid him out with a muscle buster, holding the AW title high, uh, and that's the way the show went off the air. So a, a little, I guess, swerve here before the main event on Saturday with Samoa Joe Jesse doing business with the devil. I am not, and I know you are not, a huge fan of the world champion losing before a fucking pay-per-view, taking a pinfall. No. I mean, I just, I can't stand that. But I guess for the sake of telling the bigger story here, and finally, those Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships, which I, I, I firmly believe was, they weren't important. And Adam Cole's not even on TV, so how can they be important with MJF's story going on right now? Thank God they're off of him. Finally got those titles off of him. Now we can focus on the bigger thing. Who the fuck is the devil? Don't like seeing MJF pinned here in, in this match as he's the world champion. But for the sake of the bigger story here, I, I guess I didn't mind it for tonight, you know, completely. But he's going into this pay-per-view and the world championship's on the line. Joe is doing business with him. I mean, at the end of the day on Saturday, I don't give a shit who's working with the devil. We need to know who the devil is on Saturday. Yeah, so it kind of like leaves me in the, at the point where I'm like, so MJF lost tonight. Joe is standing there holding the world title right before the pay-per-view. I'm looking at this saying MJF is not going to get pinned no. Two matches in a row. 
Joe is holding the title before he wins it, which is a cardinal sin in, in pro wrestling. So either MJF is winning or that guy is not re-signed and he might not stay. No, I don't think that's the case. I think that's the least likely of all of the options here. Exactly. So I'm pretty confident that MJF wins uh, this Saturday. Uh, yes. I mean, as Pro Wrestling 101 says, the handbook says uh, MJF taking two losses back-to-back -back in the same week as world champion uh, seems very unlikely. Not happening. Plus, Joe should know better. You don't touch that title. You don't touch that title in that regard. No. That's it, it, a death sentence. No, we already you did that with Jay White. Yep. Yep, you don't do that, man. You, you're going to lose. So um, now what happens going forward, though, with Joe taking this loss? Who is the devil? Are they in a constant working relationship with Joe? So Max winning on Saturday is not the the end of all, um, all, all of interest because there's still a lot of unanswered questions. There's still this issue with the devil. And I'm with you. We need a devil reveal at the pay-per-view. Yes. The only thing I will take short of a devil reveal at the pay-per-view is an absolute guaranteed reveal on Wednesday following. Has to be. We I don't give a shit who is the. I don't give a shit when or who the devil is. It needs to happen after at the pay per view. If it doesn't, by some chance, we need to get a fucking reveal about who these guys are. Something. I'll give it. I'll take. I'll take Wednesday. I'm not taking a minute past no. Wednesday, bro. That that's no. It. You're really even and, stretching and, it by saying Wednesday. We should. It should happen on Saturday. But if they don't, by some sure. chance, it, if if it goes past Wednesday, it's. I don't even know if it's anybody's going to really give a shit at that point. It's too. It's gone too long. Yeah, we should be getting it on Saturday, but I mean, if we don't, we need to be guaranteed, you know, told by someone on the show that we will know something. And and look, maybe and maybe that's the right way to go as far as ratings go because you already got your buy rates and everything for the pay per view. Now, from Saturday to Wednesday, if all of the talk is. We will definitely get a devil reveal on Wednesday. That should lead towards some numbers right there. Yeah. That should. So I would that's why I'm saying I would take a Wednesday reveal, but that's about it. It can't go any, it, it cannot keep going into the new year. This is done. It it had a nice little run. It kept us interested. It kept us talking. I think one more week past this, and we're gonna be tired of it. I want to ask because I, I do think that Adam Cole is still the devil. I think he makes the most sense, even though it's the most predictable. In this case, predictable is the best option. No doubt about it. Yeah. D did what we get tonight eliminate MJF being the devil? Yeah, I, I think I think it's all a limit. I think the one person who's not being accused is the devil. Yes. And that's Adam Cole. I think Adam Cole is still the devil. Um Samoa Joe working with the devil now here and the henchman, you know, after Roddy said tonight, he had a whole fucking picture board of things like MJF is the devil. And he's been saying Samoa Joe is his best friend by proxy. You know, Roddy's still in the running to be the devil. I think Roddy's one of the henchmen. I think the kingdom are two of the henchmen. You know, there's got to be a reason why he's been saying that for weeks now. I do think he's a part of it. I do think that they managed to come up with some sort of partnership there to get the titles off of MJF. He, again, it all leads back to Adam Cole. I think I think Jesse and I have been spot on about this. I think we've been correct about this. The guy that has not been mentioned at all. He hasn't even been seen on television after they made it a, a thing 
to bring yeah. him in for full gear. We haven't seen him since is Adam Cole. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense. It works. Predictable. Yes. Needs to happen though. It needs to happen. Um, I can see the, I can see all of the stories to, to be told going into next year with, with Adam Cole as the devil, man. Yeah. Um, it's an unfortunate injury that he got, but I hope they don't stray away from it. You know he was the original fucking devil. Yeah. I mean, you know that's who it was. No need to change course right now. Don't change course, man. Do not change. If he's not ready to go, that's fine. Just get his ass out there. Make him do the reveal as the devil. Use the henchmen to, to carry out feuds until he gets better. Adam Cole has to be the devil. So World's End is shaping up like this. We got MJF defending the world title against Samoa Joe. That is the main event on Saturday night. John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. That will be the finals of the Continental Classic. Christian Cage versus Adam Copeland. No DQ match for the TNT title. I think that is a absolutely solid top three matches for this show. Timeless Tony Storm defends the AW title against Riho. Hook defends the FTW title against Wheeler Yuta. That was announced for the buy-in FTR, Dax, and Cash against the House of Black, Malachi Black, and Buddy Matthews. That should be a banger. Julia Hart defends the TBS title against Abaddon, Jericho, Sting, Darby, and Sammy versus Ricky Starks, Big Bill, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Kyle Fletcher. Again, no Konosuke Takeshita. Don't know why. Don't know why. Swerve Stricken versus Keith Lee, Miro versus Andrade, and then the Zero Hour or the buy-in has a 20-man battle royal for a shot at the TNT title anytime, anywhere. That is your show on Saturday night. Solid from top to bottom. Can't wait. Should be good. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the uh, end of our post-show review. We are going to get into the Super Chat portion of our show now. We, we appreciate you joining us here tonight for all of your supports. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Let's try for uh, 1,000 likes if we can on tonight's video. We would really appreciate that for uh, the show tonight. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. There is plenty of it. And make sure you guys go follow Jesse as well on Twitter, at ShytownSmark, and on YouTube as well. Make sure you guys click his at in the description down below. Everything you need for Jesse's channel is right there. Uh, how many subscribers you got, Jesse? I am about 5,000, I want to say. 5,000 subscribers? I think so. Um, let me see. Let me see. I will actually look right now. But if you haven't, join me for my... I, I think January 13th is my complete relaunch. Join me in my new layout, my new setup. Find out what my new schedule will be like. All of that stuff, man, because... I'm going to make 2024 a bigger year for me. 5,100 even. Wow, that's crazy. 5,100 even. I expect to at least double that um, by the end of the year next year. So That would be that would be a, a, a good goal to set for yourself, for sure. That's what I'm, that's what Absolutely. I'm hoping for. Man. So if you're not a member, become one. I'm going to do um, all kinds of content. I got all kinds of stuff laid out. I even got a buddy of mine who's on board with helping me out with maybe some um, some uh, member stuff, or maybe even some Patreon stuff down the road. I got a lot, a lot of stuff in, in the in the back of the bank, man. There you go. I love it. I love to see people growing, man. I'm uh, I'm gonna do the same. We got some cool shit coming up for 2024, guys. Uh, I will uh, 
Tell you guys about that a little bit later on, though. And Saturday, I will be at World's End. I will be there with Ticket Drew. I will be, hopefully, if I can nail down a flyer to go out on social media tomorrow, we will be doing a meetup at the Green Turtle right outside the Nassau Coliseum. It's like a four-minute drive from the Nassau Coliseum. Uh, should be great, hopefully, to meet you guys there. Then we'll be going to the show Um don't know if I'll be doing anything after the show, but Jesse and I will be doing the post-show on Sunday afternoon, New Year's Eve. So look out for the notifications for that. Should be fun, and we have a lot to talk about, no doubt about it, coming out of Saturday's show. But let's get into the Super Chats here. press pass situation? <clears throat> um, I got denied. Again. I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you applied, but uh, I got denied for, uh, for media again. They said, I'm not going to be there. Why would I reply? Why would you? I mean, you could fly out. Why not? I'm not, I'm not going to be there. But um, you said you had a guy looking into it. How did that go? Uh, I don't know. He said uh, he didn't hear back yet. But uh, the thing is, they told me that they didn't have, uh, they had scarcity in tickets going around. They couldn't give out media tickets and credentials. I'm like, oh, yeah, really? WrestleTick says that there's about 1,500 seats left uh, still available. I told you to talk to talk to that one guy, man. I don't want listen, man. I'm not. Guy. I'm not. I don't want to come off like a greedy mark. Okay. I get you, but you know, some people don't offer up things. They don't mean them. So just, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I'm now, lucky. Bro. I'm lucky that that guy enjoys what we do. That is true. I'll I'm take. Very that. happy that he does. I don't want to. I don't want to hand. For, I don't want to ask for handouts, man. I don't. I never. I don't like asking for handouts. I don't like asking for anything. But I mean, yeah. when I know something's I fucked up and wrong, I'm like. Come on, man. That last show of the year in New York, and I'm 20 minutes away? I Come hear on, you, man. Really? I'm pretty sure that guy is watching this stream, and maybe he'll reach out. Who knows? We'll Who see. Knows? Anyway, guys, um, let's get into these Super Chats. Michael Krause with a $2 Super Chat. What's up from Walla Walla? Hope you had a great Christmas. Michael, it was simple. The way I like it. Thank you, man. Hopefully you had a good Christmas, too. Nick Williams with a $20 Super Chat. For JD and Jesse, what was your funniest moment in the OTS venue this year? Also, here, uh, a question for the chat. If you were to go on a date with Tiffany Stratton, Fallon Henley, Sky Blue, or Julia Hart, who would you go out with? Sky Blue. Uh, No doubt about it. Uh, Jesse answered for me. And uh, what was my funniest moment in the OTS venue? That's a good question, man. I don't know. You got a favorite uh, OTS Dynamite? Memory for 2000, 2023, Jesse. Let's see. So you fell out of the chair. Definitely not this year. No, I did not do that this year. Okay. Just want to make that clear. That was not this year. Okay. So that was not the funniest moment. Is that the funniest OTS know, moment of all time? Yeah. That, that, me that, me, that's me, me doing the Braun Strowman and me falling out of my obviously broken secret labs xl hey, uh, titan chair did you replace that chair uh, yeah I, I gave it to uh i, I gave it to somebody that uh, also doesn't like it uh, okay i think oh wait you know what for me i think it was the debut the first shock debut of Kalucky. cucky right after cody got up looked next to him next to a rubber chicken just like he just said himself cody and then mm-hmm. Cody came to our show, man. There you go. Who doesn't love Cody? But Clucky. 
Dick Williams, thank you for the $20 Super Chat, brother. Really appreciate all your support this year. Michelle with a $5 Super Chat. Nice to see Darby and Sting back, but odd that they align with Sammy and Jericho. Seems too random. And Brian did the right thing to put Eddie over. Uh, Brian did the right thing to put Eddie over, and that's what Brian is and who Brian is. One of the greatest ever. And, uh, yeah, it does seem random with Sammy and Jericho, but, again, they had to pivot for the Kenny Omega injury, so... Can we really go too hard on that one when it's all about Kenny Omega and, and, and his injury and him being the priority, getting back to healthy? Yeah. Come on. I hope they use Kenny's absence as a catalyst to bring him back in top cleaner form. Yeah. Bring him back top of the fucking card. No more trios bullshit. No more hanging out with golden shits oh no kenny top of the card heel or baby face i really don't care either way with kenny omega but he needs to be at the main event level all day long i mean you gotta stop with this bullshit you're at a time right now you need your best people front and center kenny omega should be at the top of the fucking card i agree uh tony brown with the 499 my absolutely delicious sky booty Yes, Tony Brown. We know you are a thirsty man, brother. Thank Ooh. you for the $4.99. Thank you for all the support this year as well, Tony. Yes. Lord Jack Coyle with the $2 Super Chat. People need to realize Swerve has bigger plans. I agree. Can't be too upset at it. Can you be disappointed? Sure. I think everybody initially was disappointed. I think that disappointment will go away when you see John Moxley and Eddie Kingston on Saturday. Yeah. Angel becomes 20 months member. In the OTS venue. Thank you, brother. Four months to go for the golden microphone. It's going to look very good on you, Angel. Appreciate you, man. Kid Revos with a five. I believe people are starting to get Moxley fatigue. If it was Jay or Swerve, I don't think you would get this feeling. Yes, I think I, I think fatigue, you know, is real for anybody when they are pushed heavily all the time. We had Roman fatigue. Moxley's not that bad, but... Yeah. I think a, a lot of people yeah, want to see. No, I, I think people want to see Jay or or Jay White and Swerve in this point, in this instance, as their two relatively new stars on the AEW brand. You know, be the guys because look at how good they've been all year. Those are the guys that Tony Khan's going to focus on next year, no doubt about it. Yeah, uh, man. I mean, it. I mean, and I and I and I know, you know. Jericho gets wind of what we do here, but I I, I think Jericho is is due for a nice little hiatus. He's yeah. been going strong from the start. Yeah, and um, I would love to see him take a little break, heal himself, and come back and reinvent himself like he can only do, like no one else can. And I, I think that'll give us a fresh Jericho. I think we, I would love a fresh Jericho right here. Joseph Taylor with a two dollar super chat. Eddie versus Brian Danielson match of the night. Uh, you could take either one of those two matches, uh, Joseph, and uh, say that the triple threat match was awesome in its own right as well. Phil with an I-99. If you remember on the Dynamite after full gear, Cole told MJF to accept Joe's challenge and his offer of becoming his bodyguard. That ending can further prove that Adam Cole is the devil. OTS for life. Phil, thank you for that little nugget of information. He did say that, and you are absolutely correct. Adam Cole is the devil. You, I've been he, saying it since fucking Grand Slam. I didn't hear what you said. What do you say? If you remember on the Dynamite after full gear, uh, MJF was told by Adam Cole to accept Joe's challenge 
after his offer of becoming his bodyguard, that ending can further prove that Adam Cole is the devil. Yeah, I forgot about that. It's a good point. Yeah. True. I've been saying it since Grand Slam. Adam Cole's the devil. Uh, Billy Sizan with 17 months. JD and Jesse, happy holidays. Can't wait for the for World's End, baby. Adam Cole. El Diablo. Yes. He is El Diablo, Billy. Thank you for 17 months and your unbelievable generosity tonight, uh, Billy. Thank you. Emerald Lord with 21 months. OTS for life, he says. Thank you, Emerald Lord. Kid Revos with a 10. Keith Lee could have been doing promos or attacking the members of the Mogul Embassy, so we know that he's after Swerve. This is ice cold, like frozen leftovers ice cold. Yeah, more could have been done for sure. But at, yeah, least, Keith, at least Keith Lee had some dialogue, but it wasn't enough. Stephen Brewer, the 199. Eddie Kingston, finish the story. He will. He will. Billy, yep. Jason, Angel, and Billy again. Thank you for all of the unbelievable support with your $100 Super Chats and Angel with a $150 Super Chat. Thank you guys very much, man. You make the show and you make the podcast what it is every single week. Thank you, gentlemen. D. Bestardo with a $5 Super Chat. JD responded to my situation, sharing something you never shared before, opening up about your parents. That's true empathy. JD and Jesse, 2024, let's do it. Thank you, Bestardo. Hopefully you had a very Merry Christmas, brother. Jason with another $10 Super Chat. This is Jason Barker. I feel like six months after Mariah May's in-ring debut that she will get lost in the shuffle like all of the rest of them. Britt Baker and Serena Deeb. Cough. I mean, I, hope, I think Britt will be back next year, and, and Serena Deep should be back on television. I don't know what's going on there. She's cleared and ready to go. So hopefully we see her. She's got a lot yeah, to add I to that division for sure. Yeah. Jay Caleb with 15 months. Hammerstone basically said his MLW goodbye recently and posted about the masked men tonight. Any chance he's AEW bound or just Twitter fluff? I think whoever is a free agent now will do whatever they need to do to continue to be in the public eye to get them whatever traction in light of free agency. I don't think Hammerstone is going to be one of the devil's masked men. He's yeah, a he's a I big agree. dude. If you've seen someone like him underneath the suit or underneath the fucking getup, I mean, how many people look like that? Come on. Sir Deep. With a $200 super chat in his currency. This is uh, rupee. 200 rupees. Hi, from India. First thing that JD, I used to think you are biased towards AEW, but it has changed. And I've seen you criticize them for bad things. I just watch your stream and tweet for reviews. Listen, brother. Jesse and I are always fair, no matter if it's WWE or AEW, man. We don't we, we we don't have any allegiance to one brand over the other. No, people people listen for what they want to hear. Yeah. Take what you say and apply it to the agenda they want to hear and then form their own opinion of, oh, well, you're just a insert company here, dick rider. Yeah. Because when you take shit about WWE, you're just an AEW shill. And then vice versa when you say shit about AEW. 
So I just, I stopped trying. I, I've gotten off of Twitter. I mean, my account is still there. I still check it maybe randomly, but I stopped looking at Twitter. It is, the tribalism has gotten too fucking strong for me. Eric Newton with 24 months. Cheers, JD. Hope you had a good Christmas. Eric, that golden microphone looks very good on you this holiday season, brother. Thank you so much for your support. Kelly with a 499. I know it's late. Can I get a birthday shout out? My family celebrates Christmas uh, more than my birthday. My siblings only care. Christmas sucks. Happy New Year's to OTS. Kelly, happy belated birthday. Thank you for all the support, Kelly. Sleep Gang with a $5 Super Chat. Not going to lie, I really wanted Jay White to take it, but I'm 100% accepting Kingston versus Moxley, knowing the history was tilted at first, but now interested. Yeah, I think a lot of people felt that way, and I think a lot of people are going to have a changed opinion on Saturday night, brother. Delightful Entertainment with a 199. I'm so over John Moxley. John Moxley's great. I think he gets shit on for no reason, but... Is he a little too much on AEW television? Yeah, but that's why he's called the ace. When you got an ace like John Moxley, Tony Khan's going to rely on that ace. But you can't use the ace all the time. Otherwise, everybody gets a little, a little too, uh, what's the good word for it, Jesse? A little too uh, bored? Comfortable. Com- comfortable, yeah. I, I, think, I, I think it's good to have a constant like Moxley, man. I yeah. mean, it's... I mean, you got to have a guy you can depend on to be able to put in a slot when you need him and him to knock it out and perform. And you got a guy like that in Moxley, and then people complain that he's always there. I mean, what do you want me to say, man? I mean, mean, again, I brought up Roman. Roman's been on the top for a decade and going strong, and people are tired of Moxley. Okay, that's to each his own. I mean, I have no problem with Mox. I'm loving Mox and his work and everything he's doing. So, I don't know what to say. Wasn't John Moxley the guy who wrestled like 500 straight matches in, in WWE? He was like the Iron Man over there. He was like the Cal Ripken yeah. Jr. over there while he was... Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't think he was with The Shield doing that. But I think he, when he was like the United States champion and, and doing his singles run over there, he was, he was like the Iron Man for WWE, working the house shows, working the weekly television shows. Now he's the ace and the guy that Tony Khan relies on most. Wouldn't wouldn't you want a guy like that if you're Tony Khan? Wouldn't any wrestling promotion want a guy like that? I know I would. Me too. I definitely would. Seizure your property. Thank you for the $5 Super Chat. Hopefully we answered your question uh, in the way that you wanted about the Christian and Adam Copeland storyline, about it being about the title or not. Hopefully we answered your question, brother. Thank you for the five. Basic with a five. For the life of me, I don't understand why Statlander isn't the face of the women's division. Well, she's not timeless. That's why. Yes, man. I don't know. I mean, she she could she could improve in the in the promo and gimmick department. I, I'll give it that. But her but her her stature and 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 her gimmick and her in ring work. I mean, she's good. Yeah. Is she great? No, but she's good. She's really good. That is very with good. The right. Yeah, with the right creative, she could be great. Uh, Will Chisholm with a $5 Super Show. What are we really doing with Ruby Soho? What is her end game for this stupid storyline? Uh, one that to I don't give a shit a about. Date, to go on a date with Matt Menard? Yeah, Matt Menard. 
they're trying to go out and people don't want them to date. I don't get what's I don't I don't get this. I don't know. You want to like, date the guy? Go out fucking date the guy. Go out. Sounds go like the storyline's written by a high school dinner. student. Really? What the fuck, man? Let's go out. We got married people out there. What the how come you guys can't get together? Fucking Lee Johnson and Julia Hart got married. You guys can't go out for a damn dinner date? What is going on here? Chakra Rasta with a five dollar super chat. I don't know if y'all caught it, but commentary said, "Here go the guns." When the mystery masked men came out by accident, here come the guns. Did you hear that? Not at all. I'd have to go back and watch it. I don't. I, I didn't hear that. I mean, the guns being a part of that whole scenario is not far-fetched or you know shocking no i just need to know how they fit into whatever it is that they're doing yeah so. uh delightful entertainment with a 199 soraya just needs to go and do what really made her famous come on now come on come on now we don't need any more bodily fluids on any more titles okay uh, and you can't replace brad maddox well i thought he was talking about wrestling <laughs> what, what, what were you talking about <laughs> No, 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 never mind. Bro, Tyler, that's disgusting. Tyler with a 199. I'm going to WrestleMania. I hope to meet you there. I'll be in Philly, brother. Will Chisholm with a five. How does the other members of the House of Black feel about Sky Blue, or are they not going to bring it up? Well, she's not in the House of Black, Will. So why would they feel anything about not, it? No one told us. Yeah, yeah no one told us if, if that's the case. Hollywood guy with... She- I'm, I'm sorry, Jesse. Guys. So she's sitting, and so she and so she's sitting in a dark closet, cutting a creepy promo. I guess she's not actually in the House of Black. No. Hollywood guy with a five dollar super chat. If the devil is Tony Khan, this would be a major fail. And could you see maybe Bobby Fish or Kyle O'Reilly be the devil? No, Bobby Fish or Kyle O'Reilly are are, are not the devil. And Tony Khan as an on air character, uh, I I can't I can't see that being the case. Do you want Tony Khan the way he is as a full on air character, cutting fucking promos and being on TV? No. No. Adam Cole. Zay the Legend with a four ninety nine. Brian Danielson is killing it, man. Plus he's got a match with Okada at Wrestle Kingdom coming up. Looking forward to it as well. Yes. Yes, that should be uh, hopefully better than what we got at Forbidden Door. I won't be watching, but we will uh, definitely check in on that for sure. Sidro with a $5 super chat. What's up, JD? Happened to check the full match of Punk and Dom and promo after. Great match. And his promo saying he's not finishing his story at Mania. He's starting it. Uh, I didn't I didn't listen to or watch any clips on social media, bro. I mean, good for WWE and good for CM Punk helping that show get sold out. I mean, it wasn't televised. It, it was for the people that were there. And Punk being back on television at the start of the new year on Raw, that's all I care about. Uh, and Brudda with a $5 Super Chat. This is the last Super Chat of the night. Question for both of you. Where would you guys insert Osprey when he officially debuts? I'm thinking Jay White Osprey at Revolution. I don't know. I mean, he is a part of the Don Callis family, no? I think that's what they implied last time we saw him on TV. Yeah, yeah he was working with them at the very least. Um, I, I don't know. 
It depends on who's injured or not injured at that time, to be honest with you, because I want to say Kenny Omega, you know, but I have no idea what's going on with Kenny about that time, so who knows? It's a good question, though. Where does Will Ospreay fit in? I don't know. I, I don't really know. Uh, we'll find out going into Revolution, because I do think come January, he is uh, he's a free man. So. It's a good problem to have. Yeah. You're pretty much in the scrum anywhere. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for all of your supports. Jesse, appreciate your support as well. Uh, I apologize if this wasn't uh, the whole full-on OTS production, but again, I am in Orlando until Friday. I will be back in time for World's End, so hopefully you guys enjoyed the show tonight as I'm on the road. Jesse, you guys can catch him on YouTube and on Twitter. Go follow him on social media. Follow me on social media. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications and make sure you guys go check out all the other videos on the channel. There are plenty of videos on the channel for you guys to get caught up on. Next time you see me is when I get back to New York, man. We'll have some extra. And then Saturday, I hope to meet some of you going to Nassau Coliseum for World's End. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up on the way out. And I will see you back right here on OTS this coming Friday. For World's End going on to this weekend. See you guys later. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.